Hello, everybody. Welcome to Big Trouble Lib- Little Podcast, episode 229. I'm Joe Dubs. I'm Andy. I, I think I'm Chaz. I'm Zach. Big he's pr- he's I'm prison, prison Zach. Zach. Yeah. Prison, prison changes you. Yes. <laughs> is that a, is this a wrestling thing, or are you just a criminal? Oh, no. Uh, I'm both. I'm both. <laughs> both. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I uh, like that anytime someone, something's going on in Andy's suspicion, it's like, is this a wrestling thing? I'm right at least 80% of the time. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's Dominic Mysterio. Just look him up. Just pr- prison Dominic. It's funny. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, we're concluding with Twilight Zone um, tonight. And it's my picks. We're going to be going over uh, two, um, which I think is season three, episode one. Um, and the parallel, which I think is season four, episode 11. I, I'm, I'm doing that off the top of my head. I'm hoping I'm doing that right. Uh, and, it's right. Not in, it, and it's not in the dock anymore because I fucking deleted it. <laughs> so, I got it right in front of me. You're correct. Cool. Um, so we're going to go over that. And by the way, before we get into this segment, there's going to be some changes next week. You're going to see the we're going to be talking about movies first, whatever we're covering first. And, you know, what the hell we've been watching, playing or doing and news will be last. So we're going to go right into our first segment um, right now, which is what the hell you guys been watching, playing or doing for the last time. <laughs> um, well, not the last time for, uh, for this format. So. I'll go first, and I'm going to be talking about one thing because I did I didn't play any video games because I've been having anxiety because there's COVID in my house and I I hate germs. So, so well, it sounds uh, like if you play video games, you can take your mind off of it a little bit. I know I should have done that, but <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. Play, play some Resident it, Evil. That won't make you think about viruses. Yeah, <laughs> I remember when Resident Evil Three came out during COVID. That was amazing. So. so I, <laughs> I feel I bad about next... germs. What do you do? Yeah. Just like, what you yeah. So the next big thing, um, based off of what Andy was saying, is I watched a TV show called The Last of Us, which <laughs> deals with virus. Great. Great. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I watched The Last of Us, episode three, and I released a video uh, on the Big Trouble Archives, uh, our channel, pretty much, because that's where we put clips of what we do on our podcast on there. Um, so right away, I've got like a tons of dislikes, like not even like people watching it just based off of what I put in the title. I put weak episode last they just of us. Don't like the look of you. They're just yeah. Like, I don't like this guy. <laughs> yeah. And, and then in the thumbnail, I put weak episode with obviously the two main characters in that episode about the kiss. Well, so. I want to say real quick, I didn't even watch this, but I noticed the online reaction to that episode is like glowing. Like everybody fucking loves it. Mm-hmm. They're talking about how they want to release like a director's cut of the episode. And the guy, the director of the show apparently bawled his eyes out like a baby, yeah. it, which I don't fucking believe that, but whatever. <laughs> I heard it was a good episode. Like, honestly, I haven't seen it. I was kind of waiting for the whole show to come out before I decided if I'm going to watch it. Uh, but. Nick Offerman as Bill, brilliant casting. Like already, like yeah, <laughs> good job. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna give the good things first out of the way. I'm like I'm not doing a full review, but this is me kind of answering those fucking people, especially the people in the fucking comments section. Um, first of all, Nick Offerman, great. The other guy, Frank, great. Um, the acting was great. The shots were great. Uh, I will say the the structure of the plot was kind of like what the fuck is going on. 
because literally he uh frank gets this uh, by the way me talking about this is not like anything mind-blowing because they contained everything in one episode so even if you didn't watch this episode the whole episode is a MacGuffin. It's getting to make sure that Joel gets a fucking car, but you're getting a flashback of Bill and Frank on their their love fest that they had in this episode. So the good things out of the way is that it was good dialogue. Just the structure uh, was kind of meh. And Nick Offerman is Nick Offerman. And I love Nick Offerman. So I'm fine with that. My main concerns were, I wish that things were kind of spread out and I miss TV where they had more episodes to spread out and to have a bigger impact on what happens at the end of that episode. So like, I didn't mind that they were gay. I didn't care if they were gay. I just wish that we, we got some, uh, you know, flashback here. And then we had more storyline about uh, Joel and Ellie. And then maybe within maybe three or four episodes, when that finally thing that happens near the end has a bigger impact to the point where I'm like, fuck, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking crying my eyes out. And like the director. Yeah, like the director. But I didn't feel that because <laughs> I was like, in my mind now, I know there's a lot of people that don't play the game because in the game you have an interaction with Bill and Ellie. You, you don't get that in this episode. <laughs> you don't get that at all. Um, so I was kind of mad about that. And there's a part, I'm going to say this because it doesn't really matter again. There's a part where raiders are coming to his compound because he has like a little town and he has fenced off with electric, uh, electric fences and flamethrowers, uh, which is funny, by the way, because, <laughs> you know, in the game, he has all those traps and stuff. But he's a guy that has all these guns and knows about guns and, you know, probably studies some military stuff fighting these Raiders. He's in literally in the middle of the street, just shooting. There's, there's no fucking place that he could sit behind so that he could snipe people out. So what happens is he gets shots in the stomach and then they do a scene where he's lying on the table. They zoom on in his eyes. You know, like when people die on TV, they like do that dead eyes kind of thing where they're just like staring into space yeah. And I was like, my God, they fucking killed Bill. And then literally the next fucking scene is Frank in a wheelchair. Because because I made that, you know, joking comment of like, oh man, does he have AIDS? <laughs> like what, what's going what's I didn't say it like that. I said <laughs> I said I said, what's the irony that he has AIDS? Or like, or maybe it's cancer or something like that. And to the people in the comments, listen, I do I get it. It's a fucking love story. I got that, but I didn't feel anything. I don't know how you could feel anything within one episode. And by the way, when Frank comes into the place, night one, he goes in there, he sees a piano. He's like, oh, look, uh, you have an antique piano? Oh, let me see your score sheets. Oh, this is not you. And, you know, this song is you. And it's some, like, I don't know, some woman singer. And it's like a love song. And he's like, so who's the girl? And then they just start kissing and having sex i'm like literally this is a stranger Whoa. this is a stranger this is a fucking stranger that you just met day one that you shouldn't trust because he's all about not trusting people and you're fucking banging someone on day one i'm like this doesn't feel genuine at all so, you don't fuck strangers you don't fuck strangers day one ish you don't do that no only whores. and or you ever heard of true love or like <laughs> 
some other storytelling trope. Like, you yeah, know. true, true love is day one ish. Also, like they're living in a in a time post society. Like, you know, I feel like you take it where you could get. Sorry, one up. <laughs> That's a wrestling thing. Sorry. <laughs> um, That's why I get it. But yeah, I'm like wrestling thing. <laughs> but but I get the trope. Like, there's a trope. I get it. But like, I don't get why people are crying over it. <laughs> like, it's it's day one. That's all I'm gonna say. So. To all you people that want to say, like, I, I'm homophobic and all that stuff, fuck you. And uh, I do get it. It's a love story. All right, Andy. I'll give, I'll give, I'll give Joe, Joe Dubs the, uh, the disclaimer that he, he, he is not a medical professional. So it, in his defense, he didn't know that AIDS didn't put you in, the, in a wheelchair. Because <laughs> <laughs> one guy rose like that. He clearly has this. He doesn't do this. this. He has like, MS. Well, you you dumbass. I was thinking, like, well, thank God Joe stopped practicing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's in a wheelchair. Does he have asthma? I'm sorry, but you've got cancer. It's oh, like, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, you the person that's got an arm cast, and you're like, oh yeah, clearly they have lupus. I I, I watched the video. That's what Doctor House always said. Fucking yeah. lupus. <laughs> Listen, I put Vicks on my head to cure fucking headaches, and I put Windex on my cuts, okay? No, I'm kidding. I, the Windex part I'm kidding about. The Vicks part I actually do. Um, the ammonia clears it of but, all but, bacteria. But, but yeah, like, the, the thing that, like, the reason why I said the AIDS thing is because I remember one interview where Freddie Mercury just looked like fucking death, and he couldn't barely move. And I was like... What's the irony that he has AIDS? I mean, I did put a little joke spin on it that you know, you know, the, you, you proved me wrong in the you know, uh, the, most, the easiest thing to joke about AIDS. It, it, yeah, <laughs> so it's low hanging fruit, but still, I, I get what you're saying. You, mm-hmm. I think the thing is definitive. And again, to go back, maybe listen to his, his full review that he has. Uh, but at the same time, it again, the episode in itself is also not a full plot device for the, the larger plot of the story. It's, it's like you said, it's almost like a standalone episode from what you described. I don't mm-hmm. want to have any comments for what it is. Cause I have not watched it. So I'm going to reserve yeah. my comments for watching it. But, but again, it's, it's again, it's, that's okay. If you feel like mm-hmm. you didn't click with it or there's things that you felt like that were logical, but at the same time you did, you also said that it didn't suck. You were just like, oh, I felt like it was a weaker episode than the other two, but that, I mean, seven out of ten when the other two would be eight out of ten is still a weaker episode. Doesn't mean it's bad. Yeah, I gave it a two point five out of five, which is kind of average at best, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's How fine. dare you have a negative opinion of something I, an internet person, loved? I, you by must the way, a certain group of people. That's, that's I, how that works. By the way, I do feel unique and special that I'm like the minority because there was one guy who's like, "You're the majority." <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah." Yeah, I mean, like, no, he didn't say majority. He's like, thank God you're not the majority, meaning that, like, majority oh. of homophobes and stuff. And I was like... He also he also said you have poor reviewing skills, which made me laugh. I don't know. It's just, like, a really strange way to phrase that. You have poor skills. It's like, oh, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> so, like a gay story, so you must have poor review skills. Go fuck off. I think it goes the other way, too. It's like, how shallow is somebody if they only liked uh, or loved something critically because they wear an LGBT? TQ wristband. Like, if it's a good story, it's a good story. Why does that matter? I, 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 I want to, I'm going to close on this yeah. before I move to Andy and stuff. Be proud of me because Andy knows me, the, uh, Andy and Zach knows me the most and know that I am unfiltered. That's why in the intro, I'm an un- unfiltered loudmouth. 
and I was literally going to be like, yeah, I fucking suck a lot of cock. I'm gay. What? So what? And I kept it like, oh, I'm sorry. And uh, thank you. For, <laughs> thank you for uh, I said, thank you for watching. And thank you for correcting me about the sickness. So I kept it like professional. But I really want I really wanted to go to dinner. I'm, I'm gay as fuck. So what, what, what does that even matter? I suck pole. <laughs> yeah. I suck a lot of dick. Um, but Andy, what the hell have you been watching Blander doing? <laughs> um, did I say I beat Doom 2 last week? I beat Doom 2. You no, you didn't tell me that so yeah, you beat it. You said you were still playing it last week. Okay, I done beat it. Like a total change of pace. That goes through that whole tirade. And then you're like, well, I beat Doom 2. <laughs> That's really funny. Sorry. Uh, and uh, I watched some movies. Did that's yeah, it. that's all. All right. None, none of the movies were good? <laughs> uh, no. Yeah, I don't blame you then. <laughs> all right. Uh, Chaz, what about you? Uh, I'll, keep, I'll keep some of it somewhat short. Um, I actually, I think last week I said I beat Pokemon Scarlet, and by that I meant I beat like the Elite Four and Champion, not realizing there was more to it, but I should have known. But I've actually beaten the game now where I got credits and whatnot, so that... And I'm in the post game stuff. It was a fun game. That story uh, escalated very quickly. It was. It was I thought good last though. week you meant you had gone to the crater and done all that shit. Uh, I'd, I'd done everything to the point of the crater. I did not realize there was that whole extra stuff like to do. And then obviously that was there. Uh, but that story like opened wide open. It was it was pretty neat. Uh, and then randomly in the credits, I'm like, is that Ed Sheeran? What Ed Sheeran? Yeah, wrote that's song for the credits. Shit. That's it. random. That's weird. Uh, I was on a plane uh, and I just yelled out loud, "Is that Ed Sheeran?" And someone looked over at me and I was like, oh, "Sorry, I'm wearing AirPods. This is bad." Um, still watching a little bit of Naruto, although I haven't watched very much because I've been busy. I traveled to San Antonio for the first time uh, and went to my first ever uh, WWE uh, premiere live event, which was the Royal Rumble. Watched that live. Got very very drunk during that. Uh, it was a fucking blast. Um, that's why my voice is hoarse. Uh, seeing that live was was absolutely awesome. Ironically, I only saw the Rumble matches and the main event. The two matches in between, which was the Pitch Black match and the and the other match, I missed because I was drunk and I had to piss very badly. And apparently, everyone else did, so I just missed the other two. Waiting to in line. To he pee. didn't miss a lot. Don't worry about. Kind of like skip the. the- Worst parts of the show, honestly. I, I mean, it's not well. No, I saw the Hardy concert, uh, so I didn't skip the worst part. <laughs> uh, <That's laughs> but uh, yeah, actually, the, that there was an entertaining part of that. But I'll save that. Uh, I'm going to do more of a review in depth, uh, and not too much in depth, but uh, talk more about it. Uh, our next episode of Getting Some Color, um, yeah. which we'll be doing uh, hopefully next, uh, not this Thursday, but uh, the following Thursday. Um, Peace on the way home, uh, I met Sergeant Slaughter, which was super cool. Uh, he was on the plane that I was on, so what? met him. Just briefly said, uh, gave him a salute and thanked him. That was it. it was you should, cool. it should should have been how dare you go to Iraq and and serve stolen valor, <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, and then I've been just like randomly like trying to get ready and play tests for the upcoming Pokemon regionals. I'm going to go to my first regional championship, which is in Orlando this Saturday, um, which is going to be pretty cool. I'm probably going to get my ass beat, but I'm hoping to have a good time. Uh, other than that, uh, fairly status quo. No. 
That's Still it? doing the ninja life. That's it. Ninja life. Ninja life. Nice. It's my Nindo way. <laughs> All right, Zach, what the hell have you been watching, playing, or doing? I uh, have. I'm not played or watched a whole lot lately because uh, the end of last week started all of our uh, annual work meetings and I had to like work a Saturday. So my free time has been curtailed a lot. Uh, I've had to go to bed earlier too for this stuff as well. Uh, but I have, I started playing Resident Evil 2 on N64 because uh, it's Resident Evil 2's 25th anniversary. And I'm replaying it because, you know, in celebration of that, um, it's crazy to think that game's 25 years old now. <laughs> uh, but I've had this copy of it for N64 for a few years, but it never actually really started playing it, like sat down and played all the way through it. Uh, it's pretty cool so far. You can definitely tell, like, even if you have the expansion pack, like, which helps clean up the models a lot. The, the 3D models look really good if you have that. But you can tell the game's compressed all shit. <laughs> the, the backgrounds are, are kind of muddy, and the sound uh, suffers a little bit in terms of quality. Even some of the music, some tracks of the soundtrack don't sound 100% right. Like, the instrumentation's off a little bit in some of them, I've noticed. Um... But still, I'm going to play all the way through it and unlock the uh, randomizer. Uh, I've never played uh, played with that, so I'll try that out. That'll be fun. Um, I've been playing a little bit of Switch stuff uh, when I get free time at these work meetings and shit. Uh, I played G-Lock Air Battle some, which is like a kind of a side game in the Afterburner series. <laughs> Mm-hmm. M2 did a port of it, one of those really awesome arcade ports they do on, like, Switch and stuff. Uh, very cool. It doesn't play exactly like Afterburner. It's actually slower. Um, I never realized it was part of the Afterburner series. It is. They just don't say that it is. It's weird. <laughs> weird. Uh, and I've been playing a little bit of Battle Axe here and there, which is like a, it's like a sprite. It's like a 2D top-down kind of sprite, uh, really good pixel art game that came out, I think, 2020. And um, kind of reminds you of uh, Gauntlet a little bit, I think. Uh, except your, your life's not based off of a timer. You just have, like, a life meter. Um, it's pretty cool, but I need to spend more time playing it. Uh, I watched Royal Rumble. It was... Uh, oh, yeah, we'll I did talk- that, too. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. Uh, I kind of want to save my thoughts about that later. Yeah, same. Uh, And I I finished uh, Itchy Tasty today, actually. Ooh, is it good? Yeah, I liked it. It was was a very fun, informative read. Uh, Stopped at pretty much right after Resident Evil 4 came out and then putting out Deadly Silence on the DS. That was the, the end. Like... I found out what happened with like Clover Studio and all that and how it closed down and everything. I never knew like the whole story behind that. Um, and also finished a comic I kind of started during Christmas and didn't finish it. Uh, it's The Punisher, Blood on the Moors. I bought this uh, at, there's like a used bookstore uh, downtown 
they have comics down there. Uh, they have used ones. And a lot of the time, they can be dirt cheap. It's like a graphic novel hardcover, like something you'd put on your coffee table. And I got it for like $7. Not bad. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's a different Punisher story, honestly. It's like he goes to like Scotland because he, he's tracking down this guy who's like the biggest cocaine dealer in the United States. And he went there to meet with a bunch of Europeans who are also huge cocaine dealers. And there's a guy who is looks like he's the ghost of a Scotsman who was murdered and he's murdering people with a claymore and he's involved in this story. <laughs> they, dunk, they dunk the Punisher in a barrel full of whiskey and get him drunk and send him out in the Scottish winter to die. And he, he, he sees this guy and hallucinates. It's fucking crazy. See, that, that's why I wish like more movie studios took like those obscure fucking comics and made it into something. Because like, just you say that I'm like fuck. That would be amazing to see that on like a, uh, a you know a Netflix Punisher TV it's a, season. It's a trip. And you know the coolest thing about it though, honestly, was he barely used any guns because one mm. he went to Europe. He couldn't fucking really bring any with him. <laughs> and then like he he beat that he beat some guy's ass and got like a sawed off shotgun and that was all he had. He was sneaking out in the woods with a sawed off shotgun at one point. It was cool. <laughs> but uh. Yeah, that's it. That's pretty much all I did. All right. Before we get into the actual content of uh, the Twilight Zone, here is an ad, and I will do this one. Wrestling nerds, wrestling weebs, wrestling fans. If you're looking for a different kind of podcast, one that goes over actual big wrestling news, I mean real stories, not somebody getting divorced or baseless rumors or whatnot, and get some color, we got that. We also do reviews of wrestling from the past, but sometimes we also do wrestling from the modern day, too, if it's something that interests us at the time. Other than that, I would say the main attraction is just three guys who have been lifelong wrestling fans doing what wrestling fans do. Cutting up, cracking jokes, and just enjoying the entertainment wrestling can provide, however that comes. If you want to catch Getting Some Color, you can catch it bi-weekly on Thursdays, 10 p.m. Eastern, Usually. Usually. Uh, all right. So, season three, episode one. The episode name is two. T W O. Uh, and, very confusing. Yes, and <laughs> it was very confusing for me to pick this because I always confuse this episode. There's two episodes where it deal, deals with a well. Actually, there's multiple episodes with a male and female, but there's usually the last two people in the world that are male and female. Because usually at, at at the end of another episode, you find out like this man, his name is Adam and the other one is Eve. So I always mix up the episode with this one. But this one is all about a war zone uh, of two different factions. I don't know if it's America. Uh, I think it's another planet, right? Is it another planet? I guess. I mean, Rod says they've translated the street signs so you can understand them. But it could be a far-off planet. It could be two million years ago. It could be something. Yeah. So there's two factions. uh, You know, one's in one uniform, the other one's in the other. And then, obviously, a male and a female. And it seems like they went through some type of nuclear holocaust or whatever, and they survived. Uh, And they're in this town. And then... the man, because he doesn't have a name, who's played by Charles uh, Bronson, by the way, a very yeah. young Charles Bronson. He's like, I'm done fighting. You know, I, I actually see, you know, 
that we're part of the government's tools and stuff and I'm just done fighting. And then he just walks off and goes to a barber and starts to shave, gets out of his uniform. And the female is very distrustful and is like tailing him a little bit and being like, is he going to kill me? And she like, I always laugh at the scene where like he finds the, <laughs> the can of chicken and just them eating it like, Obviously, they're they're acting to you know they haven't eaten anything in a while, so like them doing like ASMR on chicken, I used to just fucking laugh my ass off because you also the- canned chicken legs, like oh, what the hell? Yeah, there's <laughs> like some weird sixty shit that I'm unaware of. I, I thought it was bizarre. I mean, chicken in a can, yeah, chicken in a can's still a thing, but it was it was kind of weird. He just pulls it out and he just eats it, and I kept thinking the same thing. It's like. He's taking an awful long damn time to eat this chicken. He's just chewing the shit out of that. <laughs> just staring at it. Cause she that's like the, the thing to mention, dude. He like she like they had like that first initial scuffle or whatever. She gets knocked out. So she's just laying there unconscious and he's just chewing the chicken over her body. And I'm thinking, is he sitting there staring at her thinking, like, should I rape her while he chews chicken? <laughs> I legitimately thought that's what it was. I was like, where is this going? It seems really dark. Well, they <laughs> they put that in your head because yeah, like yeah. he no, gets the food and he goes out and he like sees a picture of like a man and a woman and he sees the dress in the window mm-hmm. and you can tell he's like thinking about women or he's I don't know maybe he's horny I don't fucking know but he goes back to where she is and it's clear like that it's on his mind the whole man and woman and something is so it it puts it in your mind and then it, it acts on it a little bit and mm-hmm. a, really a lot of this episode is like them reacting to shit in the environment which i thought is mm-hmm. interesting yeah especially like when my favorite part of the scene besides the chicken i guess um is like when she's finally kind of gives in a little bit trust the guy with the the dress and she starts to like you know get in the dress and then she looks on the wall and all that war propaganda stuff right. And this is the part where I kind of go like rolled my eyes is when they had that cheesy sound effect of the gun going pew pew. I hate that. I hate it to death. I I, I think it's like they wussed out. Just have it be a gun. Mm-hmm. Well, they it, wanted it to be a space laser because it's some weird fucking planet or something. Well, they should have. They should have. Everything done else fu- looks regular. Yeah, that's that's my thing. Is like if you're gonna make things laser, like. Make the environment like have these like I don't know flying cars like show them with like no wheels and they show they show the tanks they're like join the elite tank battalion and they're basically just big cubes with domes on top yeah <laughs> they look like weirdo like Atari tanks or something I don't know. yeah mm. well they they kind of get like inspiration from like uh, World War Two because like, I always laugh when they have like these humongous soldiers that are just like standing over a small fucking environment and, and they're like i don't know bravery be brave or fight your enemy and all that stuff be strong yeah join the air corps yeah where they just carpet bomb the fuck out of you there's like 500 missiles hitting like one target <laughs> just, god yeah I, I i and by the way for a soldier she has a shitty shot uh from across the street but i don't know if she was doing a warning shot or trying to kill him, but you missed. We don't know. Uh, Would have been easier to know if it was a regular bullet than a goofy. She like laser. grazed his cheek. There was like a burn mark on his face after that. I didn't I see that. that. Yeah, because yeah. he cleaned up. Because he cleaned his face up when he shaved. And it was totally clean. After that, he had like a burn mark on his face. Almost <laughs> got him. 
Yeah, he was he was like, fuck this shit, I'm out. <laughs> and yeah. he like he like goes to the apartment and stuff and like Maniacs. Well, what is with Twilight Zone, by the way, where like every every time uh, a man has to have like no shirt on, he puts like that bandana thing around his neck. Ascot. <laughs> yeah. And that's the, like the, the second thing in the 60s, I guess. Yeah, because that's the second time like we've seen that uh, from the Midnight Sun. And then we saw it in this episode. Uh, and then he tells, you know, he tells the woman who who is played by Elizabeth uh, Montgomery. Uh, if you remember Bewitch, but she's in that. Uh, That's why she looked familiar. Oh my god! Yeah, and yeah her, her hair like hides who she is. I, I didn't know who she was for the longest time. I mean, if it was a blonde hair, like you know how she looks a bit, witch probably would have recognized her. Yeah, I think so. What did you guys think of the detail? Because um, when he's in the barber, by the way, um, because he's like, I gotta shave. Like I, I'm thinking to myself, the, there's not gonna be any water in those faucets, but there was water already in the sink. So you like you know how people get prepared for like I don't know a storm coming and they tell you to fill up your bathtubs uh, and stuff. I think people in the barbershop like filled up their sinks and there was water there. I don't know. I'm I'm nitpicking. Um, I thought that was kind of interesting because I was like, and, and another thing I want to nitpick is like when he's going in the barbershop and he's like pulling on the, the the cabinet doors. I'm like, there's nobody here. Just fucking get a crowbar or whatever or something to wedge the the cabinets open. Didn't care like, enough. Yeah. He's like, uh, fuck it, the knob broke. I don't care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but the the main thing of this episode is showing that war sucks and that, you know, it's what's the point of us fighting a war for these these uh these governments when it leads to no peace at all? Because at the remember the part where he's like he screams into the, the sunroof like peace. I forgot the exact words, but you hear you hear this this place I declare this place peaceful and he like screams that out loud even though she yeah. doesn't understand uh but I did like at the end um you know when she has that smile and then it ends right there because the war is done in their eyes unless What's they she- get a unless they get a divorce or she cheats on I don't know an imaginary person <laughs> she had one lonely stormy stormy night. She was like, "This sucks." Yeah. <laughs> I guess we'll wear this dress and like I don't know, hitch this American man. She wanted the dress anyway. She was looking at it in the window. I guess. Yeah. She, she says it's pretty or whatever. Yeah she 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 said it in her own language. I guess either pretty or Russian. dress. Yeah. <laughs> Procrant. Pr- Procrancy or something. It's the actual Russian word for pretty. I looked it up. Okay. Oh. This dude and his Russian bride in the post-apocalypse. So they are just straight up being like, look, American, Russian. Do you get yeah. it yet? Do you get it? <laughs> Cold War. Cold War. Um, I mean, there's nothing, at least for me, to like discuss because there's literally just them walking around like he he gets he goes to that apartment and he grabs like a peaches in a jar and stuff uh and he, he like throws it at her and then they just move on from there um so do you guys have anything that you want to talk about in this episode um i don't want to talk about it at length but like its uniform is bizarre right it looks like a civil war uniform or something yeah it's, a future civil war it's like a weird future space civilization with laser guns but also they were civil war you it was the parallel earth where the confederacy won the civil war and, and <laughs> they like, and they stuck with that aesthetic yeah 
Um, but uh, anybody else that you want to talk about this episode, or should we give our final thoughts on it? I mean, it's mostly about just like they're. It's them interacting with the environment and with themselves, and there's there's almost no dialogue. Mm-hmm. Most of it comes from Charles Bronson. Charles yeah. Bronson's awesome, by the way. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I've I've come to like him a lot since I've seen a couple of his movies from before. Um, (laughs) he's great in this Uh, there's like a bunch of little moments in this that I really like 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 I like the thing where they have the scuffle and he just knocks her out in one punch and is just eating chicken like something about that's just ridiculous but it's like later on when he's like he kind of feels bad he's like oh I'll revive her real quick he pours like a bucket of water on her basically Mm-hmm. And then he's like, here, he's like shoves the chick can of chicken at her and just walks off. And then she's like eating it too. And then she walks out the back and is like looking around and she has like a chicken leg. It's, it ate, ate all the meat off and there's like trash and garbage everywhere. And she almost thinks about throwing it away. And then she sees a trash can. And she's like, Oh, he puts it. I don't know why. I just thought that was really amusing. <laughs> I guess that is like the one thing they give her to do. That's like, positive thinking i one of the things that bothered me about this episode a lot is everything that happens is charles bronson doing something like he knocks her out so he wins that fight then he decides to wake her up and he's the one who encourages her to get like gets the dress and gives it to her like she doesn't make that decision um he's the first one to lower his gun when they find the guns in front of the theater he's like everything is him and she's just kind of like around, like she, she might as well be a stray dog as far as the scripts. She picked up the gun and raised the gun at him first. That's true, but he gets to be. I, I'm the peaceful guy. I'm a cool guy. Oh my god, I'm so cool. Well, the only thing to be fair and keep in mind is is during the time of the Cold War, so that's why you know Russian bad and all that stuff. But like he puts her as like an invader. She's the one that's invading and stuff. That's true. He does yeah. mention that he calls her an invader too. Yeah, so, like, she is the only thing left from, you know, her being the enemy of wherever they're at, and, you know, she's being cautious, I guess, and hoping that he doesn't turn on her. I kind of didn't like the whole movie theater thing, because he, like, looks at the gun, and that's why she looked at the gun, and that's why she acted first and all that stuff, because he thought, uh, you know, they were going to kill each other. But I guess that's how soldiers think. They see a gun, and maybe they're going to need that in some way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, final thoughts on it, on this. Uh, now that I actually talked about it with you guys, I actually have to fix fix my ranking on it a little bit. Uh, I'll fix that later while you guys are talking or something. I, I recommend it because it talks about war is shit, and we shouldn't go to war because war is dumb. Um, so I appreciate that. And Rod Sterling, uh, Rod Sterling. Um, you know, does a lot of War Sucks episodes. So I recommend. Andy, what about you? I've always liked this one a lot. I think it was either last year or the year before when we, on our wrap-up episode, we were talking about ones we wanted to get to. And I mentioned to this one, I think. I've always liked this one. Uh, I, I like a lot the ones where they do more with less. And in this case, it's just like one set and two actors. And they, they, they do a lot with it. Sort of like, like I said, I have a little bit of problem. They didn't give the woman enough to do, sort of, but I don't know. It's 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 not it's not so bad. I still think overall this is this is on the stronger end of the spectrum as far as Twilight Zone episodes go. 
Okay. Um, Zach, what about you? Yeah, I like this one. This is another one of those ones I kind of remember pretty vividly from first experience with the show. Uh, it's a solid one. I, I too kind of like those ones where there's like not a lot of dialogue or just couple sets or one set. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is one of those. So, yeah. All right. Chaz, what about you? Yeah. So I think talking about it raised my ranking. I just changed it a little. Um, so I think it helped a little bit because my, unfortunately just because of, of life being life, the episode got interrupted a bunch for me. So I think the problem is when you have these less is more episodes, I feel like I've missed something trying to go back and watch it over and over. It gets irritating. So I'm just trying to take it for what it is. So it's the sheer amount of time it took to watch it, like took it out, took like the value out of it for me a little bit, but at the same time, I still got the concept of what it was. It still seemed like it was like a good episode in terms of the message and everything. I, I do wonder any, to your point, if the, the, the reason they have, him always in that is also because if again it's just all speculation but if she was raising that propaganda assuming that it was also male dominated and it was always a male doing all those things anyway um to like end things and be forceful or aggressive and to take that action um that at first he acts like this more savage person gets the upper hand but then after that he doesn't do anything else that's like that he's always the peaceful person and and through the story, it's like that's hammering that home that he's actually choosing the thing that uh, that's the opposite of what she's been raised to think um, that the enemy would do. So I, I, to me, I, I wonder if that's intentional, but for that reason. But I agree with you. It's also a little weird. It's like, well, let her make a decision for once. But um, that being said, I thought the episode was good. I, I enjoyed it. Uh, it's just I probably would enjoy it more if I got to sit down and just watch it all in one setting. <laughs> All right, but we're we're gonna go to an episode that I, I actually never seen before. I've actually never seen this episode, which I I read the description and I was like, hmm, astronaut and the parallel, and right away I knew what it was based off the title of Parallel Worlds and all that stuff. So I was excited to watch this, and man, this episode didn't disappoint. I actually really enjoyed it. So the premise is. An astronaut is going to go in space and orbit the Earth, um, and he goes into the Twilight Zone, which pretty much means he goes to the parallel world, and tiny things have changed. Um, When he goes home, um, he sees there's a fence and stuff, and he's like, I don't remember having a fence before I left. And she's like, what are you, nuts? (laughs) And then... um, you know, with the kid and stuff, where it's like she's about to put sugar in the coffee, and he's like, "Honey, I don't have sugar in my coffee." And then she freaks out. I don't understand. Maybe again, if someone is different and their personality has changed, I I don't know how that would interact. But literally after the sugar part, she like freaks out and runs upstairs crying. Um, and obviously with the wife, I could understand because if a you know a person kisses you a certain way. Um, maybe you could tell, and that's why the wife is like, I don't know who this person is based off of a kiss. Um, but I, I like that touch. Uh, I will say they kind of hammered it a lot just so that I guess people in the whenever what year this episode came out, 1963, that they would understand, like, this is a parallel world, he's not where he's supposed to be because they tar- they're like, 
president kennedy who the fuck is that guy and then like they start to do all that i went to the encyclopedia and this didn't happen and this didn't happen and all that stuff um and you know at the end pretty much he goes he he's talking to his uh you know military guys the general and stuff and he starts to hear like chatter like radio chatter he's like you guys don't hear that and then he starts running towards the ship and then he's back in his world and and all that stuff um but i really like how it was done i thought the acting was great um i like the premise of a parallel world i'm at, i'm actually fascinated in parallel worlds not uh let me make this straight not the mcu multiverse that could go to shit <laughs> but like parallel worlds all that stuff uh there's actually a movie called i believe it's called uh either two earths or many earths or something like that where they have this idea of going to another you know earth and you know seeing yourself and seeing the parallel world uh but i want your guys opinions on this andy what what did you think of the episode uh i watched the wrong episode (laughs) Oh, you did? Yeah, I. Uh, you were describing it. I was like, I didn't see any of this shit. And I looked it up. I watched the episode after it. No time like the pass. Which one was that? <laughs> uh, it's about a guy time traveling and like whether or not it affects the future. So I kind of thought maybe the name Parallels was about that aspect of it. So <laughs> you watched the wrong episode. Oh, yeah. That stinks because man, you missed an episode. This is. I mean, I'll spoil it. This was my favorite episode I watched all month. Mm-hmm. Um, I mm. thought it was really good. I, th- I will say the only thing is it did. I mean, they did do the whole thing where they were like spoon feeding, but they're doing that in a way of like it's building the steady suspense of nothing's wrong except something's a little off and they build to it. And like you said, like we we just live in a different world now. Like if I took my phone and showed it to someone in that age, like the fucking brain matter would melt out of their ears thinking about like where we're at with technology or they'd be like, that's not real. So or they think I'm an alien or a witch or something. Uh, I would, I would basically be stoned to death. Right. So uh, the point is um, the parallel universe thing kind of had to be pushed that way. I get that. Um, I really like the, the, I think the point they were really trying to push is that when you have a close bond with someone like, the person, the people that you love, they truly know the person that you are, especially a, a parent. So maybe the parent in me is what it appealed to. But it wasn't that the sugar thing is not what did it. The way she knew that it wasn't her dad, she had feeling something was off, but it was when they finally touched him. When she gra- when he grabbed her, that's when she realized it wasn't her dad. Mm, okay. So to, at least to me, that's how I interpreted it. So, um, and I don't know, it, it pulled on heartstrings whenever he goes through the whole thing to have her reveal. Like, there, so the government, um, they like, I guess, to explain to Andy a little bit, these, it's like slowly being teased out that something's kind of off, but he can't quite put his finger on it. And he hasn't come out to all these things yet. But the wife is also like kind of pushing up, oh, everything's fine. But she, deep down, she knows something's wrong. And she calls one of the government officials that's with, that works with him to report that something seems off. They don't know what's wrong with him um, because they lost signal and there's this anomaly. They knew something that happened that he wasn't aware of. So whenever that person comes over, he's like, no, let's be upfront about it. Here, I'll prove something's wrong. And he calls for his daughter who's upstairs and says, uh, baby, can you come down here and, and just answer this honestly? Who am I? 
And so I have the, the name, who am I? And she's like, I don't know who you are, but you're not my daddy. And she gets upset. And she runs upstairs. And then, uh, and that kind of sells to the point that they first say like, oh, she's impressionable and young. And it's like, no, she knows what everyone else does. She's just the one that's pure enough to admit it. Um, and then later on at the very end of the episode, after he finally gets, he gets to go back home and at first they think he's crazy, but then they get a transmission and there was that person in a different transmission that tried to reach out to them and they proved that it was an alternate version of him because the two of them had different rankings in the military. That was like one of the differences. Mm. Um, he gets home and when he sees his family, his little girl runs to him and gets in his arms and he looks at her and says, baby, who am I? And she goes, what are you talking about, daddy? Like, like it's like the silly thing to even ask. And he realizes, never mind. He like, it's like, he's reassured. Okay. This is my family. Well, so, I don't know. it was really touching. I like yeah. that. The one thing that Twilight Zone, like, I won't say majority, but sometimes what they usually do, they leave it open-ended. And I like that they didn't leave this episode open-ended because usually be like, you know, is he crazy or is he not crazy? Did, did he did he go to that parallel world? And, that, and then we got confirmation like, hey, we had a guy, Colonel Gaines and stuff. And they were just, <laughs> I love the general. It was like, Colonel. <laughs> yeah, the, the general because the general in the parallel world is like this guy's fucking crazy, and then like when he's in the real when he comes back to the current, I'll call it Prime Earth, uh, and he, he still does the same like personality. Like man, this fucking guy is crazy. And then like when he finally got confirmation, he's like, oh, we got the proof now. I thought he was gonna say at the end when he talking to everybody, everybody, this is classified, <laughs> just like how he said in the the prime uh, the the parallel world. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Andy, um, you know, if you have time, go watch the episode. It's really good. I uh, I read the synopsis on Wikipedia while you guys were talking just now, and uh, I have seen it before. It's just been, you know, like 10 years. <laughs> mm. But I've seen it before. I remember it being a great one. So, I mean, for what it's worth, I recommend it anyway because I remember it being great. But, alas, I watched um, No Time Like the Past, which is also a good episode. It's not fantastic, but it's still very good. I'll check that out. Maybe maybe we'll review that. Uh, <laughs> we'll review that next year. Yeah, maybe it'll you... be one of my choices next year. Might as well. And then because I, I I had a lot of stuff I wanted to say about it. Yeah, <laughs> I actually I actually uh, went on IMDb just to see if I remember that episode, and I don't remember it. So I'll probably go back and and watch it and stuff. It, it's got a couple moments in it that are like eye rollingly obvious, but. It deals. Everyone's always like, "Oh, if you had a time machine, would you go back in time and kill Hitler?" Not this guy. He doesn't wonder at all. <laughs> it's, it's what I'll say. <laughs> um, Zach, what what do you think about the episode? Um, I thought the uh, the whole premise of it was was good. Uh, but I feel like this is one of those episodes in season four that the extra length hurts it more than it helps because I was watching this one and I I felt like it was kind of dragging, like the pacing was too slow for it. And I feel like if it was a standard 22, 25 minute episode, it probably would have been a lot better to me. not saying it's bad. I'm not saying I don't like this episode. I think the pacing for it, for what the story was, was too slow. There was too little going on in it for a while. Well, Zach, just because you said that, you're unpatriotic. Just because you just eat it, you don't disagree with me. No, I'm kidding. I like this episode a lot more than you. He said the length was perfect. 
That's what she said. Um, But (laughs) but uh, I kind of disagree with you because the I thought the pacing was great because you're having the audience, the viewer watching it on the edge, just as the main character was because he's sitting there and he's like watching TV. I bet you there was. They they must have done like a, a cut or something because what I would have done is I would have put something on the TV like oh president this person's name there and it's just kind of like am I watching a fictional fucking news station or something I thought that would have been great maybe I did miss something that there was something on TV because he watches TV and then that's why he's like uh, are you making any coffee and he's like I'm making coffee and then she's like I'm gonna he's like I'm gonna go get my robe and she said. Oh, I'll have, you know, the daughter go fetch it for you. He's like, I could get my own thing, woman. He says something along that line. And that's that's where he <laughs> he's like, I must have took this colonel's uniform. And then he gets confirmation when he looks at the picture on the 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 sink of him wearing a colonel stuff. And that's when he tells his wife, and that's where she the one thing I and I know it's during it's because of the time. But I always hate uh, when someone in the past, when they hear something like, oh, I've been to a parallel world or I've seen something that's very unknown. And like, you'll go to the loony bin if you do that. <laughs> Don't talk like that. And it's like, fuck you. <laughs> like I, I experienced this phenomenon and you're telling me that I'm going to go to the loony bin and get, go, go, uh, get a straight jacket and all that stuff. Fuck you. <laughs> like. That's why I, I like cheered at the end. I was like, "Yes, he was right, and you're fucking wrong, General." <laughs> I mean, I like the ending of it too. Actually, that's one of the things I like better about this episode was it was it had a more definitive ending. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I don't know. There's still some things about like the most mostly in the beginning of the episode. I feel like oh, this is dragging too much. Like, why do I need to see him get strapped in a fucking chair simulating what it's going to be like to take off when I know he's an astronaut and I know he's trained in that? Why do I need to see this five-minute scene of that? Or, like, yeah. you know, the there's maybe a little too much of the stuff in the beginning. And yes. some of the stuff where he wakes up in the hospital and they're, they're talking, like, that's too slow, I feel like. It's taking too long when you could condense it down into a 22, 25-minute episode, whatever it is, and it would be a lot more concise. Yeah, I, 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 I can see that a little. There's some filler. I kind of rolled my eyes a little bit, like, you know, when they couldn't sleep because they're worried about him going into space because of past tragedies that happened in, in the past in space. Not during that time, but as we know, there was a couple of, uh, you know, like Challenger and one of the Apollo missions. There was stuff that happens when you go into space. Yeah. So, um, they're they're worried, <laughs> and I like when they're watching the countdown. Like five, four, three, two, and like she rushes because no remote. She turns the TV off. Like yeah, <laughs> and, and then like looks in the window as the fucking rockets go in here. I was like, that's cheesy, but I get what they're trying to portray here. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I I disagree, but I kind of agree with you in the beginning. Uh, <laughs> seeing him in the chair. Did, did you tell my wife and all that stuff? Like, yeah, we get it. You're you're worried and all that stuff. Just I've, this... I've already seen four other episodes of Twilight Zone that have scenes like this. We don't need to see this again. Yes. <laughs> you don't like watching men go to space? I mean, I like watching men go to space, but do different scenes about it. 
you got to remember too, and this is a minor point, and it shouldn't reflect necessarily on whether or not you love the episode. But uh, this was 1963. Like this was extremely interesting and novel to television viewers at the time. Yeah, I mean, we, to we think didn't about like moon for another six years. We didn't. We we'd put a few people in space, but not a lot. It was still pretty yeah. novel. Like that's the whole thing is like they're only at this point only a handful of people have actually been to space, just even in orbit at this point. Uh, when this is made, so I agree. It's it, that definitely makes it a little more interesting based on the time. But then again, something that's classic should should stand the test of time. So. Mm-hmm. There's there, there's timed. Uh, I one last thing before I give my final thoughts. I like the time dilation thing because he's been in that parallel world for a week, but because of you know the radio silence and stuff, he was only out for six hours. It kind of reminds me of the movie Contact. Remember where she goes through the thing and it was literally just like a couple of seconds, but she actually traveled to uh, another world and met an alien for like (laughs) a couple of hours and stuff. So I like that they had like that time dilation kind of thing. He's like, nah, bitch, I've been I've been over there for a week. And he's like, who was flying the thing? Oh, <laughs> it's like the it's like the episode of Star Trek uh, where Picard lives like an entire life in like the span of what a week or something, and he's gone and he like learns how to play that flute and that's how like verifies that he's he's real like it was mm-hmm. real to him because he knew how to play it. Yeah, great episode by the way. Mm-hmm. Awesome episode of Star Trek. Yes, watch the Next Generation. Um, great series. Not Picard. Not Picard, fuck that Not shit. Not Picard, yeah. <laughs> yeah, TNG. Even though I'm watching season three because I have to finish things. When Why I you started. hate watching? Stop it. I got to finish that. it. You're just telling them that you want more of this. That's all you're doing. Well, they're, they're not going to get any more of the final season. I so. know, but you're telling them you want more poorly written, poorly produced, poorly conceived Star Trek shows on Paramount+. Plus. <laughs> you know where we're going to get? We're going to get Captain Janeway fucking next. <laughs> oh, no. no. We're going to get Wesley Crusher explores the multiverse. That's what we're going to get. God damn it, no. <laughs> um, but my final thoughts is usually I don't because usually I pick the episodes that are like outrageous and might be on the low end. Even though when I say low end, I don't mean bad, but I never put my shit over. Uh, but I highly recommend this this episode. I, I really liked it. Uh now Andy, I know you didn't watch it, but you say you recommend it, correct? Oh yeah, I, I do recall it. Like I remember liking it pretty well. Season four, um, I think it has a lot of episodes that, like Zach was talking about, suffer from their length. I can't remember if this is one of them, but uh, season four, I think, is my least favorite season. But I do remember this episode being really good. Some like totally make the length work for them, like the, the "He's Alive" episode. Yeah, no, or... I, some of, some of them are fantastic, but yeah, I, I think overall it's the. It's the season where they miss the mark a little bit. Sometimes, sometimes. Mm-hmm. All right, Zach, what's your final thoughts and uh, recommend or not? Um, like I said, I, I still like it. Uh, I just don't like it as much as others because of this. The stuff I said about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still recommend it. It's Twilight's episode. It's just not as strong of a recommendation as others. Okay, and Chaz, what about you? Final thoughts and recommend or not? Yeah, I mean, I, I said earlier, it's, it was my favorite episode of the ones we did this month. Uh, I highly recommend it. All right. So usually our gimmick is when we finish the month, we have to rank everything. And um, 
it looks like we uh there's there's gonna be some things that we're gonna have to debate about but there's other things that uh it seems like we agree on so i'm gonna go, we're gonna go through everybody's individual list and then we'll get into the final ranking so i'll go first i said i was gonna change um to the episode two um but i i'm gonna keep it where it is because i thought about it for like a fourth and seventh time um, and I'm going to keep it that way. So at number eight, I have Nightmare at 20,000 feet. At number seven, I have The Monsters Are Due on Maple Street. At number six, I have The Midnight Sun. Number five, I have The uh, Printer's Devil. At number four, I have Eye of the Beholder. Number three, People Are Alike All Over. <laughs> number two is two. Um, and number one is The Parallel. Um, so Andy, what about you? Uh, at number question mark, I put the parallel because I watched the wrong episode like a dunce, <laughs> but, uh, at number seven, which was number eight, I put nightmare at 20,000 feet. Uh, number six, I have people who are alike all over at number five. I have the midnight sun and number four, I have the printer's devil. Number three is Eye of the beholder. Number two is also two for me too. And uh, number one is uh, the, the the classic, The Monsters Are Due on Maple Street. And we're going to argue about that one in a minute, but I want to hear what No, oh, we're going to argue about a lot of the seasonless are all fucking over the place. <laughs> Zach, what about you? <laughs> I got uh, Midnight Sun at eight, uh, Parallel at seven, Nightmare at 20,000 feet at six, <clears throat> uh, People Are Like All Over at five, two at four. Printer's Devil at three, Eye of the Beholder at two, and Monsters Are Due on Maple Street at one. All with ratings attached. All right. And Chaz, what about you? All right. Uh, eight, I have Nightmare at 20,000 feet. Number seven, I have The Midnight Sun. Six, I have The Printer's Devil. Uh, five, I have Eye of the Beholder. Four, People Are Alike All Over. Number three, I have two. At number two, <clears throat> Two, I have Monsters Are Due on Maple Street. And uh, number one, I have The Parallel. All right. So, all right. Um, I'm going to put this out here. Zach, this is something that you might have to debate or if you're willing to concede. And since Andy put The Parallel at question mark since he didn't watch it, I'm going to say that he puts Nightmare at 20,000 feet as, you know, last it was uh, it was my least favorite of the ones I watched for sure. So, are you willing, Zach, to put Nightmare at twenty thousand feet at number eight, or would you like to defend that? I'd like to defend it because it's an iconic episode, and the parallel isn't based okay. solely off of that. Just that—that's your defense. <laughs> I mean, it's been parodied to death, and everybody knows that episode. It's that's, like I—that's part of why. That that's a big part of why I did put it at the bottom. Actually, is uh, I like that episode pretty well, but it's just not as interesting as the other ones. And it has it has that one thing going for it where it's oh, it's very easily parodied and stuff. But overall, it's just I feel like there's not as much going on in it. Again, I don't hate it. It's just it's my, it was my least favorite. Don't get me wrong either. I'm not saying it's like a great episode because if you look at my rating, it's it's not rated that way. It's it's mm-hmm. it's. I thought it was good, and honestly, it barely made it that far because it's fucking cheesy. The thing about it is, uh, 
it all depends on like what your reaction to cheesiness is. How much sure. do you enjoy that kind of thing? Uh, I kind of do. I enjoy the cheese a little bit. Uh, and this one had it in spades. It's probably the cheesiest Twilight episode there is, really. Yeah, pretty much. But you think Midnight Sun is the worst one we watched. Yeah, and I, that was the one I picked. Dove's like, I don't like to put my own shit over. Not me. I'll put my own shit over if I still think it's the best. That's the way I'll also put it, put it at the bottom if it's the worst. And I think I picked the worst episode this time. <laughs> oh, let me make it clear. I don't put my shit last because I, I, I just want to, you know, give the other person to... No, I didn't say that, you, that yeah. you did that. Yeah, but you just said, I don't put my own shit over. I will <laughs> if, I <think laughs> if, if, if I think it's the best. And I've done it before. <laughs> my my reasoning at Nightmare at 20,000 Feet at number eight, yes, it's a good episode. Yes, has William Shatner. Um but it's it's hokey, way too hokey for me. And I'm going to sound, you know, kind of dumb a little bit, kind of retarded, just like Alex Jones. Um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. When there's usually comedy in my Twilight Zone, I don't really like it. I won't hate it. I won't be like, this is garbage because there's comedy in my Twilight Zone. But I'll be like, ah, I'd like, I kind of like the series, series, uh, serious and weirdness that's my go-to in twilight zone oh now come on you're, you're gonna tell me that you didn't enjoy the levity that you got from seeing burgess meredith light a cigar with his thumb because he's the devil okay yeah. i was yeah. gonna say hang on you can't be like that for the cheese factor in twilight zone because you have to embrace that because there's some of that baked in it because mm-hmm. some episodes are just Kind of goofy compared to others. Some of them are I, think, I, I think that it's just like how there are different types of cheese. This is just the kind of cheese I vibed with. Yeah. It's like gorgonzola cheese. I I just rolled my eyes when that little booga booga fur monster was like, ooh, <laughs> when he gets back. It's like, I was like, I was like hey, that's uh, I, I rolled. But I, that's just I, me. I had a proposal. I still would like to put Nightmare at 20,000 feet at eight. But I kind of want to put Midnight Sun right after it. Not just because that's, Zach's got it so low, but also, like, I kind of do feel like it's the next I mean, I also, I mean, I have it at seven as well. Yeah. And then after that, I think it should be people where I like all over, the one I chose. <laughs> okay. I mean, but I'm that's, wi- I mean, we'll talk about that. I- I'm willing to do that because I still want to have Nightmare 20,000 feet uh, at number eight. Um, what if. Zach, do you have any other defense? Uh, are you conceding that point? I'm gonna, I'm gonna do the um, I pretty much, I pretty much already made my case about the things I don't like about the parallel. I still say if it was a 22 minute episode, it'd be a fucking classic, like an all time classic. People talk about, mm-hmm. but it's not, and I think that's why it's like it's a longer length, and it's in that season that is kind of like mixed the way people feel about it. Big okay. Um And by the way, restart but, your camera again because you're frozen. Is, I know. I was getting ready to say I'm going to rejoin real quick. Okay. I've restarted it and didn't fix it. All right. So before you leave, before you leave, I'm going to put Nightmare at 20,000 feet at eight, and I'm going to put Midnight Sun at number seven so that we have those two locked in. All right. You can leave and come back now so that we could. Uh... <laughs> While he's doing that, um, let's see if I could see anything here. I know you guys are going to fight with me with number seven, but I'm probably going to concede that. That's just a personal preference for me. Um, concede what specifically because i think it should be people are like all over but you have that at three Chaz has it at four uh well, i don't know where is it zach has it at five so i don't think any of you all of you liked that one more than i did apparently 
What what, what episode? Because I'm talking about the monsters are due at Maple Street. That's what. Oh, I'm you mean about. as number one? Oh, okay, we're gonna jump all the way back at the list. We're talking well, about. Well, one well no, because I'm I'm going by what I have at the bottom of mine is the monsters are due on Maple Street. I'm just saying at the moment that is not going at the bottom. No, 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 no. I'm not like, like I said, I'm not, I, I will concede that that's just my purple personal preference. Um, it's, but it's the, the best one. I mean, we can get into it now. We can get into it later, but I'm going to jump all over you over this. One. <laughs> um, Zach has printers devil. Oh no, I'm sorry. Um, Chaz has the printers devil at number six. Um, and where is the printers devil for you? Yours is at number three. Mine's at number four. Uh, well, not, I fucking can't read. Andy's at number four, and Printer's number Devil is number five. So, where do we want to put the uh, Printer's Devil? And I guess, Chaz, why do you have Printer's Devil at number six? So, let's go with that. Eh, just, I mean, it was fine, but I really felt outside of just, like, the levity of the, of, uh, the devil. Like, it just... It was like, eh, I just thought it was like a mediocre story. Okay. Uh, that's just how I feel about it. I'm, I'm doing the, I'm going to do the empiric thing and, and give these all points. And then that, based on how we rank them, because other than arguing forever about it, the points just don't lie if we do it that way. I, uh, one of my hangups about the printer's devil is someone probably heard that phrase, which is a phrase that was actually in use regarding someone who would assist in the printing of a newspaper, the printer's devil. Someone heard that and wrote that whole script in their head in like a five second period. Oh, the printer's devil, the devil belongs to printer. What the devil was working for a newspaper printer. Oh my gosh. It'd be like they were evil. Like William Randolph Hearst, you know, like in that movie, uh, what's his name? Citizen Kane. And then it's like, they just like wrote it all like, bam. And then someone wrote it down and, uh, I still like it. And I have to admit, uh, the only reason it climbed to number four on my list is Burgess Meredith's performance in it. I, 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 he's so great as the devil. It is wonderful. But yeah. as far as like the writing and the story goes, yeah, it, it goes further down for me. Okay. Uh, so here it is out. Cause Zach has it at number three. Um, and I have it at number, uh, five. And obviously, and you have it at number four. I think it's a mid episode. I think, you know, obviously, uh, Meredith being in it, you know, kind of makes it good. But if he wasn't in it, I don't know. I think it would probably be where Nightmare, you know, at the bottom, pretty much. Yeah, if he wasn't in it, we'd be talking about six or seven. Four, yeah, I think. Yeah. I, I think him being in it, three, four, or five. It's got to be. I'm going for four. Are you? Uh, do you guys agree with Printer's Devil at number four so that we could put it in the middle? That's right yeah, where I've got it. I don't, I don't have anything I'm agreeing with until I give you the numbers. So then that's how I'll do mine, and I'm unyielding. All right. So Printer's <laughs> Devil at number four. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're going to do that. <laughs> All right. Um, I guess we'll what we'll do is we'll see what number one is now. So... Number one Watch for Andy on Maple Street. Yeah. Uh, so you guys have it high up there. Uh, I'm willing to concede. Chaz, do you, unless you want to debate. Unless, oh, you're still doing the numbers. <laughs> I, I'm done. I'm done doing the numbers. And I'll, I'll, I'll explain what how I did the numbers. So. We can debate it, but it's going to be the exact same debate that we had last year. And it's the exact same debate that we had the year before that. And I'm going to tell you all over again. The Monsters Are Due on Maple Street is a better Twilight Zone episode because you don't know what the fuck's going on and it's a big mystery and it's crazy and it has an interesting sci-fi 
moral at the end and there's a big twist and some of the other episodes we watched they're cool but they don't like they don't have all those those big wham bang twilight zone feels to them like it's it's got it's got to be weird it's got to be sci-fi it's got to be a mystery it's got to have a moral there, I just changed it. I made the parallel number two, and the monsters are doing Maple Street number one. It's done. That's clearly number one. We fixed okay. it. Uh, okay. So I, I, I just want to go over points real quick because it'll it'll fix some stuff. So it, at least to me, it makes more sense. So if you just if you strictly make mark these all ranked like you know number eight gets or number one gets eight points, number two gets seven points, so on, and then and everything they they kind of line up in a good way. The other thing that I did to caveat is I just smacked just taking it that parallel for Andy would just be smack in the middle. I ma- I just made it the one in the middle. So um, that being said, let me see. I think it's less and Dubs, I'm still really curious though. Why, why did you put monsters are doing Maple street so low? Um, yeah, I want to hear that one. Yeah, that's what that's that's what I was trying to warm you up for. That's why I came at you just now. Yeah, it, it's it, again, it's a personal personal preference, but the reason why I had it there, I just it's a classic. I I agree with you. Um, but as far as like seeing the whole catalog that I've, I've watched in the Twilight Zone, the whole ending of where you see if you do these switches, you could just have the town go wild. And I kind as an adult, I'm like, ah. It, it's very mid for me on that, but the acting in, in it and just seeing society break down. I mean, yes, that's what you, would happen if they start seeing like shit go crazy on their street and, you know, them going crazy and shooting that poor repairman, uh, their neighbor that came back from probably eating many hamburgers from the barbecue next, uh, next street. Repair um, man, man. But it's just it Repair didn't. Man, man, man. <laughs> it just didn't tickle my fanny. Um, so you're fancy. Yeah, fancy. I said fanny. I don't. I okay. can't speak today. I'm sorry. It's all good. Uh, so I, okay. there's a lot of them that are like the classics. Oh my gosh, I already know the twist. And I just feel like this one is so much more rewatchable than a lot of the other classics. Like we obviously all agree as far as Nightmare on at twenty thousand feet goes, except maybe Zach, but. Even he thinks Monsters on Maple's do Maple Street is more classic or rewatchable or whatever than that. But I, I, compared against like Eye of the Beholder, it also is a very rewatchable classic episode that a lot of people have had the twist ruined for. But I still feel like watching Monsters do on Maple Street is more interesting because the moral is more poignant like what's the moral in nightmare at twenty thousand feet like sometimes guys are crazy and sometimes you thought they were crazy but they weren't <laughs> wow good <Sometimes>. job <laughs> <laughs> and you know i the beholder does have an important message to it but i feel like the message in monsters are doing maple street is just so twilight zone i love it yeah well l- let me put it this way and people are probably gonna laugh at me um because usually when they hear, hear this director's name they like roll their eyes so far back they they like fucking launch into orbit into space just like the dude from the parallel um but i <laughs> i'm a fucking m night Shyamalan stan <laughs> i love the listen the happening shitty fucking film i get that <laughs> but all all his other films where they have that like that fucking twist Wait i like that beca- because of twilight zone so yeah. mm. I don't know about that. Lady in the Water, the only twist at that is that it's the only movie I ever went back up to the register of a movie theater and asked for my money back. 
That oh, movie fucking sucked. Oh yeah, I I will agree with after the happening, that's the second movie because I'm like, what the fuck is going on in this film, and why is Paul Giamatti having a fucking lady in his apartment building? <laughs> but uh, his acting was so like only saves that, but. But uh, nevertheless, I know we're going on our tangent of, of twists and everything. Like, I, I do agree with Andy. It it is the most monsters are doing Maple Street to me is the most poignant thing in the theme of what I have been told is what Twilight Zone embodies. And it makes sense to me. It is the whole thing of being this twist, but also having this moral message behind it. So to me, I think that one sticks out the most. It's actually kind of why I like the people are like all over a little more than others did. But nevertheless, I, I just want to go over the, the the points with you guys because, again, it just shows where we rank them. I'm putting a caveat, the parallel, just because I don't know where it would rank for Andy, but because he said, I remembered it, it was a great episode, I'd I'd recommend it. I just stuck it in at five for him, which means I did slot Midnight Sun, people were like all over, and Nightmare one lower. But using that system, this is how the rankings would turn out. At number eight would be Nightmare, number seven would be Midnight Sun, number six would be people were like all over, number five would be Printer's Devil, Parallel would be number four, I have the Beholder number three, two at number two, and Monsters at Maple Street at number one. And we're okay. almost effectively there, and that's from the, based on the points. That's how we ranked them. So, I don't, what a twist! We used empiric evidence to to show how we ranked them. Look at that I, Twilight Zone thing. What do you think about this angle? Cloud angle. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, we argue all night. Let's do it. <laughs> um, so I will concede, obviously, because one, I'm outnumbered. Um, so monsters are due at Maple Street, but I want to do this. Um, I want you all to concede that Parallel needs to be number two. Unless you want to fight it. I, I, I don't have a leg to stand on, so it's up to you. Z- Zach's, Zach's the only one that um, has... Uh, Get him, Zach! Get him! Parallel at n- number seven. Okay. Go! No. <laughs> So you're doesn't have Charles Bronson in it. Sexy Charles Bronson is not in it. <laughs> two, I think two should be a two. Like, <laughs> I'm with Zach on this one. Two is a cool episode, and uh, it flies right in the face of everything I just fucking said about uh, monsters are doing maple Street. There's no fucking twist in that episode. There's none at all. It's just it's, it's just the message. Two people. Yeah, I mean that that's what I like about it is the message. Maybe that maybe that's well, maybe that's my thesis. Well, statement actually, yeah, they year. do have a twist, I guess. Yes, I mean, th- I think that's my thesis statement about Twilight Zone this particular year is uh, the message. What you walk away, what you take away from an episode is what's more important. And I think two has a very important thing to take away from it. If, the, if we're using Andy Theocracy to decide where he's going to rank parallel, parallel is going no higher than five for him. If anything, he's going to rank it lower than five. Again, if you, guys, if you guys put parallel yeah. at number two, I won't, uh, I won't say a word because I can't. Right. I, I have no idea. I, I'll I'll think, do, I, I think it should go to three. I think two should be number two, personally. Yeah. I, just based on how we ranked it all. I, I would concede it. I think – I think at best we can only rank it at three. <clears throat> that's that's my argument. We, we got this is me saying it's me saying earlier that I would it was my favorite thing, but I even then I'm I'm fine accepting the bias that it's probably three. I like I like doing it with points. That's really efficient. But I just I really one of my favorite things about this show is we end up with final lists that don't make any fucking sense unless you listen to the episode. 
Yeah. <laughs> I like that a lot. Like, I, I think recently we wound up with a number one that no one put at number one or something like that. I, just, I love that shit. Yeah. That's great. That, that, these conversations are the crux of the show to, to me. Absolutely. Well, and that's actually why I like bringing up the points because the points show how far, like, to me, it's like, well, if we base it strictly on a point system and, and how we put it, where would a finalist end up and how far away are we from that actual finalist by arguing and conceding and compromising and changing each other's minds? I really like that too. So um, I actually like comparing it. So I don't think that we have to make it that way. I just find it interesting because I'm a weird stats nerd, but uh, I, I, stat nerd. <laughs> I, I never said that. I, <laughs> I, I never said anything about that. You need to stop using whatever hidden cameras you have to look at my tiny box. I'll I'll do another conceding. I won't put it at number five based off of your point system, um, but I'm willing to put parallel at number three and two at number two. Are we all clear on that? That's fair. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's fair. That's fair. That's compromise. So, so what's left? We got people are like all over and I beholder. Oh, I think I think beholder's better than people are like all over every day of the week. Come on, I agree. I agree. I agree. Uh, Okay, well, go. shit, fuck. <laughs> 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 so, I mean, I, I chose people I like all over, and I do like that episode, but I have to hold it. Come on. Because <laughs> even though, like, it was a cool ending with people are, like, all over, where you're like, oh, my God, it's, you know, a human in Mars, and he's a fucking zoo item now. Uh, you're kind of just like, wow, you were an idiot the whole time of thinking these people were, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Well, that's See, why that, that twist is so cool. Sorry, Zach, but real quick, that's, that's why fine. that twist is so cool. Not only is it a twist, it's an ironic twist. Ooh, so cool, mm-hmm. because the guy's like, I think people are like all over. And at the end, he's like, oh, he was right, but not in the way he meant. That's why it's cool. It's ironic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's See, like, that, people are like, people are shit. That mm-hmm. plot probably would have benefited from being like a, a season four length. I think episode. so. Absolutely. That, yeah. my, my thing about it was, this is a cool idea, but it was like it fell a little flat. Like it, it felt didn't rushed. have enough enough room to like kind of expand as much as it might have been able to. And it it really felt like there was a cut part of the script where the woman that like sympathized with him tries to get him out or something. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like there's a Kurt Vonnegut story somewhere where she's trying to break him out of the pe- the people zoo or something. I, yeah. So I'll, I'll go over the final list just for our listeners. Uh, at number eight, we have Nightmare at 20,000 Feet. At number seven, we have The Midnight Sun. At number six, People Are Alike All Over. At number five is Eye of the Beholder. Number four is Printer's Devil. Number three is The Parallel. Two is two. Um, and one is The Monsters. <laughs> <Who's> are- two? <laughs> two is always going to be two. <laughs> <laughs> and number one is The Monsters Are Due on Maple Street. All right. So... I love Twilight Zone. I can't wait until next January when we do it again because we have a lot to pick from because we have other versions of Twilight Zone uh, well, that we can, we can go. We only have we only have seven episodes to choose because Andy already chose an episode for us, <laughs> the one that he watched. Maybe yeah, could change it. Me, it, it's a pretty it. fun one. It, it would be a good discussion. So probably there we go. Um, probably. So you guys are probably wondering what is next and who is going to be picking what. I am up next. Uh, and it is February, and you're probably thinking there's going to be a love story. There might be. Um, so I'm calling this 
mobster month of love since we're in february and i'm going to be choosing mobster movies now mobster and gang movies it could be related to any type of gangster um uh to choose from so it's not just going to be italian um so i'm going to give you all the movies i'm not going to pull you know uh you know once a week uh you know surprises so i'm just going to give you the full list at week one i'm going to do gangs of new york uh, at number two, I'm going to have High Sierra. Um, number three is Cops versus Thugs. And number four is The the the, the Departed, because one, I want to see Jack... Yeah, The Departed. Uh, yeah. I want to see a Bostonian accent uh, or hear a Bostonian accent. Uh, and I put this in, like, generations uh, based off of the time period. Um, I, G- Gangs of New York, what time period? I know it's, like, not in the 1900s, but, like, the... I mean, it's, it's like the early 1900s, like yeah, early 18. I think it's actually it's like the crux of the 20th century. Like it's like, it's like 1890s. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like 1890s into like late 1890s into the early 1900s. Yeah, it's the, it's the 1860s because uh, there's oh a god, point, there's there's a plot oh. point where there is a riot. Civil War. Because, yeah, he's oh, damn. right. There's, there's, there's a riot due to the draft for the Civil War. That's, okay, that's okay. The plot point. We're done. Okay. Yeah. Uh, bonus points. Watch New Jack City. Okay. <laughs> uh, High Sierra is, is in the 40s, 1941. Uh, Cops versus Thugs, I think it's in the 70s or the 80s. I think it's, it's 70s the 70s or 60s. I think, yeah. it, I think you're right. I think it's 70s. Yeah. And The Departed is obviously like the 90s and stuff or the early 2000s uh, because it's more modern. So that's how we're going to go with it. Uh, so the first movie we're going to be watching is Gangs of New York. Never seen that movie, so it's going to be all new for me. Um, and I'm excited because I heard that movie's great. And you're from New York. And I'm from New yeah, York. It's, it's a, you should be able yeah, to recognize just the, landmarks and stuff. Just, just to help the update of that, uh, the plot, the actual movie starts in 1846. And then the crux of the movie takes place in the 1860s. There's okay. Like a, early prologue there's a prologue in 1846 basically the guy from parallel comes there and picks everybody up and goes to the 1860s like an Uh, idiot thinking it was like 1890s but it did it does feel like it's a little older but yeah it's it's totally the 1860s but uh and i i will say now just four week prediction heads up our uh our episode on the departed on the on the departed it is going to be a shit fest and you need to be there to listen to it because all of us are going to have just a terrible time making these shitty accents. <laughs> like I, I'm just gonna like talk like that retarded the whole time. Wicked hard. Well, wait until we, there's gonna be a point where I'm gonna choose Goodwill Hunting, and that is again Bostonian again, um, because I like I always like making fun of fucking uh, Boston and go to the bar, you know, go to the car and all that stuff. My dad. Yeah. I almost want to tell my wife. My I was telling my wife about what movies we were gonna watch when I was looking before, and I saw your list. And she's like, uh, when I said the departed, and I was like, well, I know why you rolled your eyes. She she hates Matt Damon. She thinks he is the king of the weasels for some <laughs> reason. It is so funny to me. And no, I almost want to throw it. I almost want to. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in this movie, but he's a, he's a, I don't know. She she hates him in all the movies he's in, which I think is the funniest thing ever. So they should have left his ass pick. on Mars. It, it should have an interstellar <laughs> or Mars, the other movie where he went to Mars. He's done that twice now, but uh, I almost want to do a Matt Damon month. To try oh, to let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> to piss off your wife? 
exactly you have to watch all those movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you guys ready to listen to me complain? It's like well, I haven't had sex in six months now. I really regret the Matt Damon book. <laughs> it was worth watching Dogma again, but god damn it. <laughs> Just watch all the Bourne movies. <laughs> the, funny, the funniest thing about that is that Andy thinks I'm picked Dogma. Uh, maybe it's, okay. it's, it's, it's fine. Yeah, we would watch all the Bourne movies. Uh, uh, Jason Bourne, he's something. <laughs> Jason Bourne. <All> right. <laughs> Let's talk about news. Yes, news that matter to us. Now, I- I'll go first. Um, I'm not doing an ad, by the way. I'm just going straight into the news. Uh, so do you guys want to talk about J- uh, James Gunn on, on what he's doing, or would you like to hear from James Gunn? No, move on. I'm just, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, not, tell me tell what us. he's Tell me what he said because when you were talking about that, I couldn't watch the video at the time. I was busy with stuff at work. So. Yeah, you you tell us in your words. Come on. <laughs> okay. Um, so no, James, no. so James okay. Gunn. No, I like it. It's other people that are just like uh, bewildered. Uh, and keep in mind, I'm still doing the whole you know President Reagan trust but verify kind of thing because I'm interested. It's just ba- based off of execution is where I'm like I I hope they do good. Um, so he came out with a video and he's discussing an eight to 10 year plan for DC. Um, and he wants to connect with, with who, who's it targeted at everybody, everybody. So how why? they're do- so what do you mean how- why? <laughs> like, I, I don't understand why he put this video out. Well, he, cause people were wondering, I mean, obviously after they didn't fucking take Henry Cavill back that they wanted to see a roadmap of what they're doing. Uh, so he described the DCU based off of TV shows and movies and video games that the people that are playing the characters are going to be the same in all of those three categories. So let's just say, let's say Dave Batista. Let's say Dave Batista is Bane, and I'm, I know he just came out with today that he asked to be Bane in one of the Batman movies, and James Gunn said we, we want to have like uh, young stars and grow into this eight to ten year plan. We want um, good actors. Right, that's <laughs> that worked out really well That worked out really well when they cast the young guys, the Flash. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll get to that by the way, because that's part, that's part of the plan. That's part of the, the plan. irony. The irony is that Ezra Miller has been living his life too quickly. Yes, he's huh. he's a Flash, of course. So he's the reverse Flash. Yeah. So so my example my example is. If there's a Bane in a TV show, Dave Bautista is going to have to voice act that. He's going to have to voice act the video game, and he also has to star in a live action. That's how they're doing things as far as those uh, <laughs> as, as content for DC. I uh, can can we do it point by point, or do you want to go through all of it and then double back? Because I I have stuff to say about that. Okay, yeah, go. Let's go to that point first. That sounds really cool to me as a consumer, but I bet you who it doesn't sound good to is actors because now they're going to have to sign a contract that basically locks them into a fucking decade of their career, and if something goes wrong, they're just fucked. Like, mm-hmm. oh, uh, it turns out this character tested poorly, so uh, we're you're not going to get any gigs and we're going to barely pay you, or it's going to become this character is popular. We need you for this HBO max show. We need you for this game from EA. We need you for a tie in for this other movie. And a decade of the career is going to be typecast as Bane. And then what do they do after that? 
yeah did, did you like fuck it's up a, your whole career doing this it, it's a huge it, gamble it's also a huge mess with their the screen actors guild i feel like it's gonna they're gonna have a big problem there what i actually want out of this i want a parody now of james gunn's uh statement and I want someone to come in and, and parody it. And he's talking to actors about his big plan. And he's like, that's right. You're going to do everything. Children's birthday parties, roller rinks. And he starts like <laughs> naming all these obscure things. It's like, you're going to be there. <laughs> Warner Brothers is going to own you lock, stock, and barrel. Yeah. The only thing I could I possibly defend that, it, and again, it's still kind of, you know, is going to tie the person. But if they're looking for young people, that could be a good thing for young people to get in the door to that's, uh, that's gigs. even worse. That's even worse because if it's someone who's young, they don't already have a career and they're going to trick them into signing a contract that doesn't True. necessarily give them favorable terms. And now they have to spend a decade of their career, not getting paid what they're potentially worth. Like and if he, they do one movie and they're like, Holy shit, this guy's the best Joker since Heath Ledger. He's amazing. We should pay him more. Oh, he signed a contract. <laughs> Fuck it. Like, yeah. like what if what if someone is extremely good and they want you know they they're trying to break out and do other you know they want to go work with fucking Robert Eggers or something to do some stupid spooky shit they can't they're too busy doing voice lines for a video game wow that's really gonna grow their career well, I, I don't I mean, it's it's well, again it, it, me as the consumer I think it's a good idea because I I've always like since I was a kid. It's been like, why is it the Spider-Man in my Genesis game the same as the Spider-Man on the cartoon show? Like, I've always wanted this, but man, for those actors, this is not a good deal. <laughs> well, not to mention, like, if you do the thing with the, with the younger generation of actors, you end up like doing the most damage. It's it's almost like the Hayden Christensen issue with him being Anakin, but like times ten. Because you're walking them into a full decade of, of whatever they have to play. And they're just typecast as that character for however long if they don't burn out at the end of it. And you can't possibly know. And when they're signing these contracts, they won't possibly know whether this is going to go well or not. So far, the only thing James Gunn has proven he can do is cancel stuff. Yes. Whoa. And I, I want to I wanna say this, too, uh, to go off of your point of not liking this. Now, keep in mind, now I know there's difference of opinions, but in my opinion, if things are woke and then you're going to have the woke, you know, people that are screaming woke be like, man, that Superman is too gay for me. And like, that's how his his thing is going to be defined is like, he's going to be like Boyega and, you know, Finn in Star Wars, where you're just like, I fucking hate my character. I don't want to do anything with Disney and Star Wars ever again. That could happen to an actor where they're locked into this 10-year fucking plan. Yeah, a, at least he a, only had to do three movies, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, they, and they can't kill him off. You can't, like, Superman can't get AIDS like like a normal character. <laughs> nice callback. I like that. <laughs> Calm down, YouTube commenters. Kryptonian AIDS. All right. Are you ready for the second thing that is kind of a detractor? Uh, well, you kind of, like, changed my mind about the whole 10-year uh, thing, so... Thank you for putting that there. Uh, two. Now, you're probably wondering, there's a Matt Reeves Batman, right? And there's a Shazam, right? That's coming out. And there's an Aquaman coming out, right? Mm. So they're going to have a mainstream DCU storyline, but they're also going to have a DC Otherworld storyline, too. Not a storyline, not connecting, but there can be one-offs. So, After all, they're still developing that Joker sequel, right? Yes, they're yep. going to have Joker 2. 
the Matt Reeves uh, Batman, which, by the way, I'm kind of excited because they're actually going to put time into it because it's coming out October 2025. Um, so <laughs> keep in mind, they're going to have Matt Reeves Batman, and then they're going to have whatever Batman's gonna, that's going to be coming out with the DCU. So there's going to be many Batmans. There's going to be many, probably many. And the way Gunn worded it, too, in all the interviews is that they're going to be doing more one-offs. So there's going to be many Supermans. There's going to be many Batmans. It's going to confuse the normies a lot. And I think that that's a bad idea, in my opinion, if you want to go to DCU route. I, I thought they were trying to get away from that. Yeah, me too. I guess not. See, what, <laughs> I, see, what I would have done is finish out these projects that were, you know, one-shots or in their own separate world or whatever. Mm-hmm. Finish all those out. Even the Matt Reeves movie, if you wanted. Yep, get them done and, and unite everything. Or tell them, like, no, fuck you. Not 2025, 2024. You got two years. One year, year, year and a half. Get going. I mean, I know it's hammy and stupid and cheesy and very comic book. And people will be like, oh, they're just ripping off Marvel. But in the comic book world, they did this first. Just do whatever you want. And then in five years, do Crisis on Infinite Earths. Fuck it. Just mm-hmm. and then you just pick and too? choose what succeeded. This was the good Batman. This was the good Superman. And then run with that. Sign those people for ten years. Actually, sure. you, you know what? There's the, the the cool thing you can do with that too is that there's just enough nostalgia from the stuff that like just like died in a fucking frying pan the last decade for DC. That if you got to that point of doing Crisis of Infinite Earths, if you could get them to sign it, you could bring in all the people from all the other uh, movies and stuff that have happened that went to shit or the TV shows and just tie them all back into it. Because that's, mm. that's the storyline, which kind of be neat. And then, like, it, you can actually kind of try to, in a comic book way, neatly loop it together. Um, hot take uh, on, on James Gunn and uh, hearing all this now. And again, I'm just being facetious and joking, and it ha- kind of, but. James Gunn's actually a Marvel plant. Like he's made a, uh, he's, <laughs> he's made over there like ruining everything. Deal. Yeah, he's made, <laughs> he's made he's made a secret deal with Kevin Feige, and he was like, "I'm gonna fuck DC for you." Well, and and the whole like thing he's over there. Okay, riff. cancel all this. Cancel all that. Oh, there was gonna be a movie where uh, Keaton was gonna be an old Batman, and it was gonna roll into Batman Beyond. Cancel that. We can't have that. Uh, and then eventually it's just going to end up being like, okay, we only have two heroes now. It's uh, Blue Beetle and Zatanna, and uh, they're both gender-swapped, and they're both race-swapped. <laughs> uh, the comic book dorks will love it. Uh, it's funny, though, because he says Marvelous a lot in his video, which is funny <laughs> that you bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> it's a code. It's a code. We're going to look back and be like, it was hiding in plain sight. So, yep. I want to hear first, folks. I want to bring William this up. Regal in AEW. Keep in mind, I want to bring yeah. this up. And by the way, Blue Beetle is still apparently coming out because that was part of the plan before the whole, um, you know, new DCU. So we're getting a Blue Beetle, which I think is funny because I kind of want to see what Blue Beetle will be on the big screen. Probably garbage, but anyway. Hmm. Now, when you're setting up a roadmap, right, and you're like, man, I'm trying to be like Marvel, and I want to put my, uh, uh. And I, I want to put a roadmap to show that we're really serious about DCU. So what would you put at number one to show as your first thing you're ready to show for the, the DCU? What would you do? Superman. Okay. No, he didn't do that in the, in the, the video. Wait, wait, I want to do one too. Uh, okay. I'm, I, 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 I really want to say a joke, but I'm going to think really hard. If it's not Superman, and it's probably not Batman. That would be stupid. Booster mm-hmm. Gold. <laughs> I wish. If they made a Booster Gold movie, DC fanboy tomorrow. 
<laughs> that's where it's at. Um, Green Lantern reboot with Ryan Reynolds. Uh, no, no. What if, I mean, I wish they'd do something fun, like a Justice Society, but have it based in the 40s or 50s or something. That'd be you, kick-ass. You're on the same wavelength, but not what you're talking about. So kind of what Andy's talking about. Uh, Chaz, what... I hope you're not looking at the link because I know you go through to Google Doc. Are you looking at the news article? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'm about so, to, though. Go ahead and say it as I uh, click. No, no. That. What, what, what would you put at number one when you're showing a roadmap for DCU? Number one? Yeah. What would you do? Oh, no. I mean, I mean everyone, I, everyone would get a big bat boner if you did Batman. I honestly think it, because of like what's happened, I think I would scrap and I would actually legitimately try to reestablish the Justice League again because you you fucked that up. You need to clean it back up. So get a new Wonder Woman, get it, get a new Flash, and actually make it happen. So That's do Justice League with. first, and then give them solo movies. No, no, no. I mean, like just reestablish by those pillars. So like, I guess in the in a way, the very first thing would be to either get Superman or get Flash individually, and then get to those, those same points. With okay. the roadmap of eventually well, being what are they actually doing, reunites man. Justice League. Unless okay. it's that. Well, no, it's it's not that. But uh, it's, it's he, he he's kind of on the same wavelength to before the DCU. Um, the that Flash movie with uh, Ezra Miller is still going to happen, but he did explain that it's going to reset the universe. So whatever happens in Flashpoint will Flash, reset. That's what happened in the comics, right? Flashpoint like screwed mm-hmm. up the universe or something okay yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. so they're doing that and i don't know if he's going to be in the future of dcu probably not because of his bad behavior um but number one what they showed off is something from uh gods and monsters they're doing creature commandos uh which is <laughs> it, it's 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 funny because that's why i kind of want to watch the video because it's like a it kind of looks like a guardians of the galaxy just for dc uh dc uh universe because there's like frankenstein in there there's like a uh an alien and all that stuff um so i a lot of people a lot of people freaked out but me i'm like this is what james gunn is good at he likes to take fucking weird ass characters you know i'm i'm into it because i mean i look at like guardians of the galaxy a com- it's a, based on a comic i never read before so i don't know maybe mm-hmm. i'm gonna can i read out this paragraph of just how it describes what creature commandos is because it's pretty sure. funny Written by Gunn, this is an animated series that THR described as a quote-unquote modern take on a team of Nazi-fighting monsters. Really? It takes place in the 40s? Yeah, it's a modern take of Nazi-fighting monsters. When talking about the series online, he says it will star voice actors who can also portray the live-action characters in future DC projects similar to Marvel's What If series. They're probably gonna fight like white supremacists. So fucking so it's an, yeah. oh, oh, so there, it's it doesn't take place in the forties. It's a modern reimagining of yeah. That. Of oh, I was monsters. I was hoping it was actually gonna take place during World War Two. That would kick ass. <laughs> no, no, no. They're saying a modern take on. So I'm assuming they're just fighting republicans you know what i'm just kidding but <laughs> you know you're probably right you're probably right it's probably gonna be like some extreme right-wing thing uh oh, but i yeah. that's i mean maybe that'll lead to like i've always like booster i'm not kidding booster gold that would be a good one i'd love to see like swamp thing wait, come back i'd love wait. to see star man i'd love wait, to see shit like that don't yeah, get ahead of yourself yeah it's it's yeah, coming get, it's coming and i mean oh my god i was like what i said that oh that's so funny <laughs> <laughs> so, i'm reading this now and i'm like shit why did i say that out loud all right so the, i'm going through the series right now another thing that he, he talked about which i'm highly excited about because i love true detective is that they're gonna make a hbo max lantern show 
So it's going to have Hal uh, Jordan and um, uh, the other guy, Stewart. I forgot. John Stewart. Um, if it's not Guy Gardner, don't even fucking bother me. No Guy Gardner. John gonna... Stewart's cool. John Stewart's yeah. cool. You're right. John Stewart's cool, actually. But Guy Gardner is my favorite lane. Guy Gardner is great. He's underrated. But they're true. saying, but they're saying it's going to be like True Detective. So just imagine it, like cops in space, and I'm Relay fucking. Ex- that does sound good. That, yeah. that actually sounds watchable. Like I'm, yeah. I'm into that. <laughs> All right. Was, was, I'm just curious. Now I got to know. I got because I can't remember which one was Guy Gardner. The one that was like a dickhead to Batman. He has a bowl cut. Frick. He wears a vest. He has a, yeah. a bowl cut, and he's like a total asshole. He, he's like a total asshole and challenges him. Batman just knocks him out in one punch, right? Yeah. Isn't Imagine if, if okay. Buzz from Home Alone became a Green Lantern. There you go. <laughs> that's right. That's him. That's, absolutely, that's why he's the best one. Um, okay, that's pretty great. I'm excited because that could include many other lanterns in there. And if it's success- successful, we will have like multiple seasons of all the lanterns. And I'm excited for that. Um, yeah. Next thing, <laughs> a lot of people shit on this because of Whammon, uh, <laughs> and it's called Paradise Lost, and it's pretty much inspired by Game of Thrones. When I hear Game of Thrones, is they want to fucking have titties and fucking fantasy, um, and it's pretty much Paradise Island from the birthplace of Wonder Woman. So it's have the Amazonians and stuff. So it's like a fantasy series thing. Yeah. Sounds like um, something that would be on CW. Yeah, but it's going to be on HBO, though, so that means we're it's probably going to get titties. Yeah. Whoa. Titas. The only thing I care about is Artemis better be in it. If she's not in it, it's a fucking missed opportunity. How do you have a... a maybe it's going to lead to Wonder Woman, but I hope Wonder Woman's in there, because a lot of people like Wonder Woman more than... You got to have Artemis and Wonder Woman. You got yeah. to start that, that rivalry. Yeah. It's fucking uh, with me, because Paradise Lost is the name of a rather famous work of literature fiction yeah i was like yeah i was like I, what there's, <laughs> a, well, there's also a wonder woman story called paradise lost so uh, right i wasn't familiar with that so when i heard it i was like so wonder woman in the devil and then and i looked it up I was like, oh, no. or the devil the no <laughs> not about the devil um, steve trevor so, comes and ruins everything so andy fights a bunch of femboys <laughs> so, oh, Andy, you were right. Like, well, not right. Uh, Booster Gold, you, right? Booster, yeah. Booster Gold. And I want to tell you how he describes it. Oh, for <laughs> real? Like, he's actually going to do Booster Gold? Yes. It, it's going to be a TV series. Um, okay. Yeah. Described I'm, by I'm Gunn, on board now. <laughs> described by Gunn as one of the comic cults, uh, comic books cult heroes. And I, I laughed my ass off because this is like a selling point that like you wouldn't say of a person. He says... Booster Gold is a loser from the future. <laughs> that is fucking right. They, they're doing it right. They're doing yeah. it correctly. That's yeah. perfect. <laughs> who uses future, uh, who, who's from the future, who uses future technology to come back to the present day and become a superhero so that people will love him. And I fucking, I was sold. <laughs> All right, that's I'm literally actually, Booster Gold in the best way. That's, I might yeah. get HBO Max back for that. That sounds really good. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, now we're getting into movies, uh, and I'll try to speed up a little bit, but I I, 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 I have a lot of things to say about this. Uh, they're making a Waller movie. Now, Waller is the uh, the, the black lady in Suicide yeah. Squad. So it's just, Amanda Waller, yeah. She's yeah. always the government agent that's like, you assholes are going to do a mission. If you explode, I don't give a shit, but you better complete it. it. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're going to clone Batman and kill some innocent parents. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, that lady. So, so I was like, 
I really don't care for her, but I guess they're doing that so they could like include the Suicide Squad without making another movie about it. So whatever. I don't know if she needs her own movie though. She's like a you know, she's like a supporting character. Yeah, just do another Suicide Squad if that's what you want to do. Fuck it. Yeah, yeah. I just don't care about her family. I don't know. I want to. I don't want to know about her backstory. But maybe there is a backstory that maybe we need to know about. All right, Superman time. So. I don't like the title because when I think of Superman, I think, uh, you know, like a man of, because uh, hold on a second. Let me, it's a bird. It's a plane. Yeah. A man of tomorrow. Like, I would think that would be a. Oh, that's a, the name of a Superman story, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, well, the Superman title they're going with, and keep in mind, these are just placeholders, so it could change in the future. They're calling it Superman Legacy. Um, This one is coming out July 11th of he gave us a date, by the way. Now that things can change down the road because of, of things happening. Um, he's still writing it. He's in the middle of it. Um, but he said it's going to be released in theaters on July 11th of 2025. He says he's having fun with it. Um, and it focuses on Superman balancing his kryptonite heritage with his human upbringing. And it looks like what I do like that Gunn is doing is he's not doing origin stories. And it's just in the middle of him being the hero. Um, it kind of looks like he's young based off of the picture that they use in the video. And that's what you see in a tweet if you're looking at the article that I posted. Um, don't have a lot to say because it's not written yet. Uh, next thing, uh, the authority. Um, Gunn referenced his work as a passion project. A lot of the things that he mentioned, he said he's excited that he likes it and it has a passion for it. So maybe that's a good thing, maybe not, because what he likes might not be the major what the majority likes. But the authority, how I can explain it, it's from the uh, comic Wild Thing or Wild Storm, not Wild Thing, that's a fucking song. Um, Wild Storm characters, it's kind of a knockoff of Justice League. Now, Did Garth Ennis write that, or am I thinking about something else? I don't remember. I'm not good uh, with the... It, do, it doesn't matter. But it's pretty much Justice League, because there is a, a, a Bat, Batman-like character in it, and there's a Superman character like in it. But it's kind of con- like, why would you put a knockoff Justice League before your Justice League? That's that's what I'm kind of like low on about. Uh, now, time for the Batman... Uh, movie because they can't call it the Batman because of the DC other worlds, Matt Reeves, Batman. Uh, <laughs> and they're calling it the brave and the bold. And I, I can only think of like a soap opera using that title. Um, the bold and the beautiful or something. It makes me think of that kids show. They Animated had the late aughts. That's, uh, that's exactly what came to mind for me. Like it was kind of good, but I don't know. It was, uh, it was, it was more slanted towards kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Um, so we call it Tom King is going to be working on it, but he's going to be using Grant Morrison's comic book run. Who is uh, uh, Tom King, the, the guy that uh, we I said Tom Kane. I was like, no. I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's going, it's going off of the Batman and his actual son, Damian Wayne, um, which becomes Robin. Um, I like Damian Wayne. Uh, all the people that I watched today were kind of like shitting on. I'm like, I kind of liked it. I, I, so I is, thought it. Isn't Damian Wayne like his son by way of Talia Al Ghul? Yes. Right? Yep. Yeah. When he so raped Batman. Are they gonna do like a whole crazy like all everything to do with Ra's Al Ghul or what? Like, they, um, 
Did you ever read those stories when they were doing that? No, I was just kind of aware of it. And like Roz Al Ghul was always like one of my favorite Batman villains. It's like, oh, I'll read this one day. And that was 15 years ago. So here we are. <laughs> like, I don't remember exactly like how they started out, like what the situation was where they finally met. But uh, Dubs, did you read that? Because I never, I never read that. It was only after he was already there a little bit. I read a little bit. I don't remember, you know, beat for beat, but I want to say it's like Talia was like, this is your son, Damien. And he's like, hello, I see you have a manservant named Pennyworth. (laughs) And he's just like a little dick. (laughs) Yeah, no, he is, but he's also like merciless. Like, so effectively the story goes is Batman, Talia, Batman have like that on and off relationship. But there's also like a scene that's that's recalled where she effectively rapes Batman. Like yes. it's heavily implied she rapes him in order to make a son with the subplot that uh Razagul is going to use this person to become his heir since Batman refuses to be his heir and Talia doesn't accept it that she can be the heir, so uh, they're going to raise him as an assassin, but they like have a plot. I don't remember the full plot of what the, the, how they want to get Batman involved, but they want to use it as a way to dismantle him and it backfires. But effectively, they send Damien there. Damien's a total dick, and when he deci- reluctantly decides to take Damien on um, patrol with him, Damien starts just like, straight murdering all the, the, like, the common crooks and stuff that are involved because he's an assassin and he was trained by the League of, Sa- of Shadows. Uh, or assassins, right? League of Shadows. League of Shadows. Yeah. League of yeah. Shadows. Yeah, assassins. No, as League of Shadows. Anyway, eventually Batman's still able <clears throat> to have some influence on him, and he he ends up being like this anti-hero for a bit until he actually fits the role of Robin and understands that he's supposed to value life and not kill people and stuff. I don't know. It's weird because like they've had a lot of animated stuff too that they've done tie-ins for some of these stories, and they're not quite representative of what's fully done in the comics, but the character at the end, like the end result of the character is still effectively the same, uh, which is good that he grows into being a bat, uh, like a, a, a Robin that's good that ends up, you know, actually going under Dick Grayson's uh, wing, Nightwing's wing, uh, and then eventually to maybe become Batman uh, in place of his father one day. So it's, it's kind of a neat concept uh, of how they tie it in. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the route they'll go. Probably not. They'll probably change a lot. But um, the last two things is pretty quick. Uh, because we're having a, a Superman, we're having a Supergirl movie. And it's called, which I thought they should have done for Superman. They're calling it Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow. Uh, and that's also inspired uh, by the Tom King's run. Um, and yeah, Tom King had a run on Supergirl. Yeah. And he said... That it's going to be sci-fi, and this is a much more jaded character. Uh, so I don't know how I feel it about sound that. Like Supergirl. Yeah, it doesn't. Um, and oh, where's Power Girl? Power Girl or no buy? Yes. My, <laughs> my most excited thing is hearing about Swamp Thing because they had a Swamp Thing TV series and it got canceled. Mm. And it got canceled, oh, okay. but the way he put it is it's described as a very dark horror story. So we're going to get a DC horror movie of Swamp Thing, and, okay. I'm, ex- and I'm excited for that. So my, my final thing on this is a lot of people are like, you know, saying, they don't know these characters. Why are you doing this? 
he's good at doing these obscure characters and I want to see something different in the superhero where it's just not like the Iron Man's and the, and the Batman's and the Superman's and all that stuff. That's how MCU started out. Why are they bitching? (laughs) Like, I'm not saying nobody, I mean, real talk, nobody really knew who Iron Man, Thor and Captain America was except fucking nerds. Yeah, Mm -hmm. nerds. It's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was basically Spider-Man and that was it. X-Men. Spider-Man X-Men is like all everybody knew. Yeah. Well, it sounds, I mean, it, this is kind of what I've been wanting. It's like a bunch of weird, obscure nonsense, like Booster Gold, Swamp Thing. Uh, James Gunn, I guess you're listening to me, it seems like. So if you want to do Starman, maybe do like a Martian Manhunter movie or something. Yeah, okay. Can we do I Lobo, want- brother? Yeah! Oh, oh my right. God, that was like, Lobo. Yes. Lobo would be fantastic. I want James Gunn. If you're listening to this podcast somehow, and I'll link you to a segment of the show, oh, it, uh, I'll just clip this part. I didn't say anything bad in this part, um, <laughs> but uh, I want John Carpenter to do Swamp Thing. Please do that for me. Thank you. Uh, good soundtrack, and he does great with horror movies and stuff. Um, but yeah, let's move on to something up, uh, something else. What about t- Tomb Raider? What's going on with Tomb Raider, Chess? Oh, yeah. It's just a report uh, that uh, Amazon is purchasing the uh, the rights to the Tomb Raider franchise from Embracer for more than double what Embracer did with their Square Enix buyout. It's like over $600 million total, which is just insane. And I've, no other plans that are set, but clearly Amazon has plans to do something with this. I guess. They're probably going to develop a fucking TV show or something. Yeah, that was a, my thought when I read that. Pointy like, box tits and all. If, if, I mean, I, I don't know what they're going to do. but I uh, I love the mental picture of someone at Amazon is like, I have so much money to buy things with. And they're like, look, they're taking things to buy. <gasps> Tomb Raider, that's the video game boob lady. We want that. Buy that. <laughs> you know what they're gonna do? They're gonna like make. They're gonna make fucking Lara Croft a fucking fatty. <laughs> they're gonna be like, oh. we can't make her sexy. We she has to be a they fatty. Already, I mean, they did those last three games where it was like realistic, but not. I, yeah. I, was, I felt that was perfect. Like they got rid of like the over sexualized version of her. And I don't know. I, I felt like that was the sweet spot. But I always laugh at the current, the last movie of Tomb Raider because there's a scene where she like jumps, try to jump on a log, and she smashes or she falls down, and her face smashes on a log. And that's like a meme now. Uh, that movie sucked. Uh, but yeah, do you think? That, I don't know if they would create any games, but I think you guys are right. I think either we're getting another movie or we're getting another uh, TV series. Uh, since I mean, Last of Us is kind of booming right now, there was. I think we talked about it on the show. Might it might have been so long ago? It was just you and I, Dubs, but um, or it was just you and I, comma Dubs, not I Dubs. But um, <laughs> I Amazon was. They started some game studios, and so far they've kind of been doing like piddly bullshit for the what's it called Luna or something, the Luna gaming service. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But they were throwing around some big amounts of money, and I I wonder if maybe one they were instead of taking a chance on a new IP, they said, "Oh, we'll get something people know, so we can we can launch <clears throat> on other consoles with with something real." I don't know. I don't think it's out of the question that they'll develop a, a Tomb Raider game for Xbox and PlayStation or something. See, what I'm wondering about is Crystal Dynamics is already working on a new Tomb Raider game. 
Oh yeah. Uh, and they're I I don't think that they were part of the purchase. Uh, that wasn't noted. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think they're just part of the Embracer Group umbrella now. So maybe what it is is like they oh sure they purchased the IP of Tomb Raider, but it's like so they're going have to a partnership. Yeah publish this and crystal dynamics is like okay you guys just finish your game we'll publish it maybe that's what's going to happen well maybe but, but uh with lord of the rings when they do the rings of power um <laughs> when the only rings of power when you go to the bookstore like when you bought like you know return of the king or the two towers and stuff there would be like a sticker saying hey you know go watch rings of power and stuff i they could possibly do that where you know the game is coming out from Crystal Dynamics, and there's going to be a sticker on there. Go watch the TV show or a movie on Amazon. So I want to see a shitty Tomb Raider show where they fucking miss the point. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. You know, there's going to be a scene where there's like she sees like some sexy video gamer in a store or something. She's like, "Yes, if lol." <laughs> well, maybe that's a little too early two thousands, but still, <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like there's going to be some shit where it's like, uh, like. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Like someone offers her a teal tank top, and she's like, "No, there's, I'll never wear that." Ha <laughs> ha, lol. I, yeah, like, like the wig and um. Don't, and, don't uh, cry. Devil may cry. That's it. That's the one. That's it's the thinking. wig, and he's like, like, "Not in a million years." Yeah. And he like throws it away. I'm like, "Fuck you." There's gonna be a moment, <laughs> there's gonna be a moment like that where they like completely fuck up Laura Cross character or something. I don't know. It's it's just that's what I see happening. Hate I've you. only played up the Tomb Raider three um, from the, the original PS one. The old days. The old days. Uh, I do have the trilogy that you know recently, and I haven't played it yet. And I heard it was good. But uh, so, what about E three, <laughs> Xbox, Nintendo, and fucking Sony are not going to be there? So it's just going to be Ubisoft and the EA. Good, <laughs> kill it, kill E three, burn it yep. down. Sega now, Dreamcast two confirmed. Asterisk. <laughs> asterisk. Xbox has confirmed that they're going to do their big theater event that they always do probably at the same time they're just not going to fuck with e3 like they aren't going to rent any floor space they aren't going to hang any signs they're not going to do anything they're just going to rent a studio or not uh, rent a theater sorry do their show and that's it yeah they basically said we'll get our own casino with blackjack and hookers exactly and right. they're like you know, you know what the forget casino. the video games yeah exactly <clears throat> so are they doing that because there is because of COVID or something? Or are they just like fuck that shit? It's old school. We don't need that. I really think COVID showed them that Nintendo had the right idea because Nintendo was was like, oh, we're not doing this thing. We're just going to do Nintendo directs now, and everyone was like, lol, Nintendo, you're so out of touch. And then COVID made everyone do that, and they were like, oh, this this is way better when we get to like produce and edit and and time our videos. They're a lot more effective and easier to distribute. And now they say, oh, we'll just do this. Because I think um, in the most recent years, they the money they were paying to be on the show floor at E3 is, like, ridiculous. And they just – they say, well, we, there's no reason to do this now. We don't have to do yeah, that's, this. Yeah, that's the important thing to do, too. It's like not, it may actually be easier, too, because you have the control. But more importantly, it's way cheaper. So, like, yeah. they just lose way – Way less money on the marketing for things. Yeah, I mean, Microsoft's going to rent out a theater, sure, but Sony and Nintendo, they're just going to go live on YouTube and Twitch. That's free. You just do that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And people prefer that more. Um, I, I I still like the Super Bowl kind of feel where they all come and like get excited, but I, obviously that's in the past and we're never going to get that again. Nobody's going to be on board for that ever again. 
uh, and it's super easy and they don't have to spend a lot of money. So I get that. Um, but yeah, any any other uh, words about this story <laughs> besides E3 burned to the ground in Minecraft, not in real life? It's just really funny. It's... <laughs> I just, I just did the Sam Hyde in real life. <laughs> the second time E3 might almost die. Yeah. It, they might be putting the final nail in the coffin. Maybe that's what they're trying to do. I can still remember like 12 years ago or so. Everybody was like, man, E3 sucks. <laughs> well, they, they did that thing where they said, uh, we're not going to let commoners in anymore. You can only come in if you're an industry person. Everyone's like, okay, fuck E3. E3's dead. And then it started yeah. like scrambling back. And then, oh. and then it, here comes COVID. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <coughs> All right. Basically. Well, do we have any other news before we sign out here? Yeah, I think we've burned too much time. I don't have, I mean, I had a really neat thing about woolly mammoths being brought back to life, but that was about it. Do, do that next episode. Um, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, we, we've waited like six million years. We can wait, we can wait another week. We can wait a week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so remember, guys, we're going to have a new format. And I actually, I am working on something. I'm not ready to announce yet because I'm still working on a structure. Um, so you might hear it next week if I, you know, don't, you know, get COVID or something and I die. Um, <laughs> well, th- dying meaning like I'm sick, not like dead, dead. Um, so remember, there's going to be a... Uh, you know, dead? Yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> like dead. Yeah. <laughs> new format. Uh, and... Remember, guys, Gangs of New York, we'll see you next week. Peace. Thanks for listening. Blood. Tennis ball throw it against the wall. Tennis ball throw it against the wall. Tennis ball throw it against the wall. Bounce, 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 bounce. Tennis ball throw it against the wall. Tennis ball throw it against the wall. Tennis ball throw it against the wall. Bounce, 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 bounce. Tennis ball throw it against the wall. Tennis ball throw it against the wall. Tennis ball throw it against the wall. Helps me forget about my cancer.